0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, a pleasant
1: good Monday morning to you. I'm Trace Fowler, and this is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Everybody relax, okay? Everybody relax. Before we get into the show, I just want to say everybody relax. Welcome into what has become hopefully a new era of this show Tom obviously will be back but and for the unforeseeable future I'd like to try to make this show as much hours as we possibly can certainly Tom's fingerprint is always going to be upon this but the truth is as we move forward we'd like to try to make this show better better of course your opinion is valued right so shoot us a DM tell us in the comments We get plenty of suggestions in the live chat, which we appreciate, but I just wanna warn you, I just wanna warn you that if you're gonna offer up a suggestion, I want you to think about it before you say it. We want it to be good, but if it's really, really bad, this isn't a corporate America here. We're gonna we're gonna shoot back. We're gonna let you know why it's a bad idea and maybe maybe you'll convince us that it is a good idea. But nonetheless, we want your opinion. We want your thoughts on where this show could go, what it should be, whether you like the new stuff that we're getting ready to do over the next few weeks, or whether you don't like it. But we still want your opinion. Uh, We're going to start off with a a segment basically called... Well, what should we call it? what I miss? You probably didn't miss it if you're watching this show, but if you did miss it, uh, it's just going to be the headlines in sports. Maybe we call it something different. Maybe you have a better idea. But nonetheless... We'll probably get a little stinger, add some underlay music, but this is where we're at for the time being. We have a saying around here called, is the juice worth the squeeze? Right? Is the juice worth the squeeze? And right now, i got to be honest with you, it's a busy, busy, busy time at Chatterbox, but there are no excuses. We're going to probably work an insane amount of hours over the next few weeks, but I'm just going to tell you, That over the next month, month and a half, I'm going to challenge us to do things that we might have not done before. Things that might not make sense to do because it takes a lot of time, effort, and energy and there's really no payoff on the front end. Maybe the payoff's on the back end. So I just ask you, please hit the like button, share this with your friends if you haven't already, and perhaps at this moment, if you're watching, you've probably been watching and you've probably heard this spiel before, but I'm just asking you politely, as nice as I possibly can, to please share the show if you enjoy it. Provide feedback if you don't. I get it. I'm I'm kind of preaching to the choir. I get that. The Cincinnati Bengals. I guess that's where we're gonna start. Uh, if you didn't see, and your head was in sand, Joe Burrow inked the largest contract in NFL history for a quarterback. Five years, 255 million, 219, 219 guaranteed. That's changed in the NFL. The old guaranteed contract that kept Joe Burrow. In Cincinnati through 2029, making him a free agent in 2030. And what was the first present? The first present that Mr. Moneybag Burrow delivered 14 for 31, 82 yards. There's three types of crowds here. Three of them. One, relax. I can already see it in the chat. Relax. It's week one. We've seen this before. No reason to panic. None. The second one, this is usually happening on Facebook, probably as we speak right now. Joe Burrow stinks. They're paying him way too much money. The Bengals are probably going to win six games this year if they're lucky. And then there's the third crowd that says, what exactly did we just see yesterday? Which is where I land, which is where I think that's probably the most appropriate spot to be. The relaxed, no big deal crowd, it's something, right? Joe signed a mega deal, but he had the lowest QB rating of his career, if his entire career ever. When I say there's nothing, and I mean nothing that you could feel better about after watching this game, I mean it. I don't think that you could have watched that Bengals game yesterday and thought to yourself, in any part of it, wow. This looks good. I can build off of this. Now, someone in the chat or someone in the, in the, in the comment section right now is thinking, or maybe you're driving in your car thinking to yourself, well, what about the defense? The defense looked good. Listen, I do think that, that you could have a little merit of truth to that, but you gave 206 yards on the ground. You gave up 206 yards on the ground. Most good foundational defenses don't give up 206 yards on the ground. Now, for the relaxed crowd, i got to be honest, it is just one game, right? I guess the bad news is it felt different than just one game, but it is just one game. And we've seen this happen to great teams before, right? Last year, I might remind you that the 49ers lost to the poverty franchise, the Bears. The same Bears team that ended up winning only three games last year got the number one pick. The 49ers lost to them week one. So maybe we shouldn't overreact. If you want me to take a step farther, right? In 2021, Aaron Rodgers had the worst career game of his past where he played the New Orleans Saints. They lost 38 to three week one. And what did they do? They went on to become the number one seed in the NFC. So clearly not all is lost after a week one game, right? But every situation is different. And the fact is, Joe Murrow has missed all of preseason again. And with the advent of the NFL putting divisional games right at the front end of the calendar year, it's not ideal to have your franchise quarterback in a team that you're suggesting, fighting, saying that you should be the number one overall seed in the AFC. That is a real goal for the Bengals. It's tough to sit back and say it's just one week when this has been a little bit of the past. This isn't the first time. Joe Burrow struggled right out the gates, but it's also not the first time he's not been able to play in preseason. So let's go around the world of sports. If you didn't see or and or pay attention to anything, I'm guessing that you did, but we'll start in Cincinnati. Outside the Bengals, the Reds did avoid the sweep yesterday. They defeated the Cardinals 7-1. Hunter Green, the ace. He's, He's caught a lot of heat. The Ace made a big time start through six innings, giving up one run on just one hit, fanning nine guys. The Reds sit just one and a half games back. And the wild card trailing the Diamondbacks and the Marlins with just 17 games left. That's it. That's it. 17 games. That's what you got left. One and a half back, 17 to play. We've talked about the schedule at length. But the Reds are still looking to play good baseball. I don't think they're there yet. But it's reasonable to think, if you're an optimist, it's reasonable to think that they've gone long enough without playing good baseball that it feels like it's about that time. We'll find out. Scott Satterfield, he's had some, he's got some people believing down in Clifton now. Scott Satterfield, not the sexiest hire, but the Bearcats went into Pittsburgh and improved their record at 2-0. and And don't look now, but you see if they can win the victory bell with a little nip at night magic. They are going to go into the Oklahoma game at home, and I can promise you, that will be the most sought-after ticket in Nippert Stadium history. Now, some might not agree with that, but I can guarantee you that prices will reflect that. Speaking of Pittsburgh, (laughs) the old Big J journalist, sleeper of the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, someone better wake him up, because... uh, they got embarrassed by the 49ers, 30 to 7. Kenny Pickett lives up to his name. He throws two interceptions. Meanwhile, the old lowly Brock Purdy, he throws two TDs, and has 111 QB rating. Staying in the AFC North, the Ravens they take care of the Texans, 25 to 9. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State guy, threw. It wouldn't be a wouldn't be a show without an Ohio State mention. Uh, he threw for 242 yards, no touchdowns, but also no interceptions. So, not a terrible start. Lamar Jackson stays healthy, and that's about the only thing there is to say about the Ravens with that. The most entertaining game, though, took place in the City of Angels, Los Angeles. Tua Tungavloa. Hopefully, I say that name right eventually. He took jiu-jitsu. Remember? He's got to learn how to fall. He's going to have some other quarterbacks thinking about taking jiu-jitsu, because that dude, uh, the former fifth overall pick, Threw for 466 yards. Three tutties. Led the Dolphins to a late comeback get, uh, win. Guess over who? who? Who could possibly give up a late lead? Oh, the Chargers. 36-34. Tyreek Hill, by the way. Uh, he's still good at football. 215 yards with two touchdowns. Other action in the NFL, the Cowboys smashed the Giants in the worst game in the history of Sunday night football, 40 to nothing. The Falcons beat the Panthers 24 to 10. Former UC standout, Desmond Ritter, he's a winner. He's a winner, 15 a for win. 18, 115 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers from Desmond Ritter. So a good start for him. Like it or not, that's a good start. Jags 31, Colts 21. No one cares outside of those two cities. Baker and the Bucks. Baker and the Bucks like Benny on the Jets they can do something like that they win 20 to 17 over Minnesota Kirk Cousins at one o'clock is officially dead I'm tired of hearing about it Saints edge of Titans 16 to 15 the Commanders 20 Cardinals 16 Packers 38 Bears 20 water is wet sun is hot Justin Fields fidget spinner the Raiders and Jimmy G say let's ride they spoil Sean Payton's opening game with Denver 17-16. 17-16. Eagles beat the Pats 25-20. to The Rams surprisingly defeated top 10 quarterback Geno Smith and the Seahawks 30-13 and in the roundup. That is the roundup of the National Football League. Obviously, I'd, 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 I'd fail to mention that clearly on Thursday, that's already happened. The Chiefs did lose. In college football, boy, I'll tell you what. Is Colorado legit? I mean, you have to ask the you have to ask some hard questions. Is Colorado legit? Is Alabama old and dead? Are they dead for good now? Is Alabama gone or is Texas back? People are asking questions. But first, the most important thing, of course how could we how could we not talk about this first? The Bengals, Burrow, and of course your guys' thoughts around the room, fellas. I know that you're probably down in the dumps. I know that this isn't. Uh, the most pleasant weekend that you've probably had watching sports in quite some time. But it is just week one of the three three points there. Of the three crowds that I brought up at the beginning of the show. Where exactly are you?
2: Well, good morning, Trace. My name is Reed Mouse. Nicholas Reed Mouse for some. Um, I can't remember the last time I felt joy in my life. And when I was in eighth grade, my eighth grade teacher told me that she wanted to watch my, my lip get busted. So, um... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't feel, I'm definitely a relaxed guy. Uh, these, these games, I, I wear them on my sleeve. I, I put my heart into every single week and uh, it didn't feel good, but I'm, I'm not freaking out whatsoever. I don't think that I don't think that there's anything wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think that, that there's anything wrong with Joe Burrow. I think it was just a really bad week and my attitude reflects so. So if any of the camps, I would say I'm in the relaxed camp.
3: I, I mean, I'm not in the relaxed camp. I think there's certainly something to worry about. I, if you, if you watch that game, no, <clears throat> excuse me, at no point did the Cincinnati Bengals show up. So that's, it just can't happen. The, the Bengals are a completely healthy team right now. And I don't want to really hear about, oh, oh, you didn't play in the preseason. It, I mean, you're a professional athlete. You're getting paid $219 million, complete a pass. And it's not all on Burrow. I think the play calling was abysmal. I, I sent Casey a, a, a tweet that I'll, I'll show at some point today. But the routes that these receivers were running were pathetic. At no point was the middle of the field being used. They were just out, outs and fades to the corner of the field. It was pathetic. It was a pathetic showing. It was embarrassing. And it, it can't happen like that. You can't start a season like that. Not scoring a touchdown against the Browns. And, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock the Browns. I think the Browns are an okay football team. But the Browns aren't the 49ers. The Browns aren't the Chiefs. The Browns are the Browns. And you scored three points. You didn't show up at all. At no point. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if you didn't play in the preseason. At some point, you have to show life, and the offense just didn't. So I'm I'm not in the relaxed crowd. I would say I'm more concerned about any uh, uh, concerned if anything. That's where I am. Uh,
2: the the thing that Trace brought up in the in the intro <clears throat> that at least I think that the defense played very well. I mean, you, you could say what you want about giving up 200 gra- yards of 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 ground game by the Browns, but the Browns have a great running attack and they have, and that's, that's their MO. And the simple fact of the matter is, is the offense wasn't moving the ball. There was always on short field position. And to give that the Browns only two touchdowns, one coming after a turnover on downs, like on the 20 yard line, that is certainly saying something. The defense played great. They got two timely turnovers. Um, obviously the offense couldn't do anything with it, but they got two turnovers. They, they played great. I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't have a really good game. Um, so, all around, I think the defense was was, I mean, not even good. I think they were really good. I, th- I think they played very, very well, and, and good enough to win that ball game. Just the offense quite literally did nothing. And when, when you're when you're getting three and outs every single time as a defensive unit, you get a little tired. You get a little taggered. So that's where the run game starts coming in. Is when these guys were just off the field coming back on the field, and and now they've got to stop Nick Chubb and and one of the best offensive lines in the league. Then yeah, that that's that's a tough. That's a tough thing to ask a defense to do, but they still stood up to the test.
0: Casey? Um, You know, I I took away something different because people are trying to compare last year to this year, and I'm going to do an old Tom bit. I'm tired of talking about last year. We can't have the same things happen over and over and over and over again. This isn't just last year. This was the year before and the year after that. We start slow. We always do, and I don't understand why. I mean, I get the fact that Joe Burrow was hurt, but we heard all throughout this time that he was hurt that he was still throwing the ball. He was still in the meetings. What was the miscommunication about? I mean, the receivers are running apparently wrong routes, according to Joe Burrow. Receivers thought they were running the right routes. I mean, what's that about? And then not only that, I mean, the game plan going into there was abysmal. Horrendous. Why are we throwing just about every time on third down the same fade route to T Higgins? Yeah, that was terrible. I mean, it we tried it maybe six or seven times, and without fail, Emerson was right on top of them, ready to to break up the pass. It was terrible. It was horrible. And not only just that i I took away something completely different from the defense i'm not giving them any credit because if Deshaun watson plays just a little bit better and hits some throws here that game's a 42 to 3 game it's not it was not pretty at all on any any phase at all they were unprepared and when it comes to being prepared you got to look at the coaching staff the coaching staff had a terrible game plan going into this thing um If if you're a professional football team, you got to be able to make adjustments on the fly when there's inclement weather coming in, and they just didn't. I mean they they threw the ball 31 times, ran it 20. Joe Mixon going into the half was running the ball six yards a carry, and he had only had the ball maybe six seven times at that point. What are we doing? What are we doing? Come on. Like, we can't act scared against, just like Elliot said, it's the Cleveland Browns. Like, they're not the 49ers. Run the ball. They are one of the worst run defenses last year. They picked up two guys who were terrible at run defense last year. They're really good at pass rush. What are we doing going what, – what are we doing on offense – going a doing something that they are inherently very good at. It's just, it's dumb. It's, it's asinine. It's, I can't, I, I'm so mad at the coaching staff because it's like this every year. Zach Taylor has a terrible first half, and then all of a sudden they just seem to turn around at the second half. But at that point, we've already lost the first seed chance. That's the question that.
1: I have for everybody in the chat and for all those that are Bengals fans. I get the concept that it's just week one, and and I just brought up the point that obviously two years ago there was a team that lost 38-3 <coughs> week one. Their quarterback had the worst game in his illustrious career, and they turned around and were the number one seed in their, in their entire conference. So it's not like the Bengals can't turn it around and win the AFC number one seed and have home field advantage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you do have to—it's hard for me to envision where, as a fan base, you can play the side that is, hey, we're the Super Bowl favorite, we're the team that's supposed to you know, basically have home field advantage, or we should be a part of the conversation, and then look the way you look. That's, that's more or less the point with me. It's not so much that, again, that you lose a football game. Cleveland, I've said it time and time again— and I'll continue to say it. Cleveland, although yes, maybe dysfunctional at times, you can say whatever you want, but they have good football players. In fact, I'd argue they have the best defensive football player there is in the entire league. That includes Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's getting older. I know everyone wants to say that, but Miles Garrett is legitimately maybe the best defensive player in all of football. And and I guess what do you take from it? You could just say, hey, it's just one loss. You lose by one point, you lose by 50 points. It's the same. And, and, and to a certain extent, yes, that's accurate. But to your point, Casey, when I watched that game, I thought to myself, I'm not even all that high on the Browns, to be honest. Yeah. Because Deshaun Watson, if that's how he's going to play the rest of the year, and for a guy that sit up here and told you, if Deshaun Watson's able to go back and be the guy of old, the guy that he used to be, then the Browns can be a legitimate contender. But I'm going to tell you right now, If Deshaun Watson plays like he did yesterday, the Browns will not be a contender. They just won't be. You can't miss that many throws. Now, it's week one. Maybe Deshaun Watson gets better. Again, blah, 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 blah. But this point isn't about the Browns as much as it is about the Bengals. They have a chance to redeem themselves one week later. That's the good news. The bad news is, is that the NFL, for whatever reason, has front-loaded some of these schedules, these games, that are really meaningful. Say whatever you want, but divisional football games are more important than a non-divisional football game. They just are. You want to convince yourself that they're all the same? Go ahead, but you're lying to yourself. So you have to play the Browns, and you gotta back it up and play the Ravens. You need to be ready. You need to be ready eventually. And this isn't just a one-time thing like Casey said. This is a multi... This is, this is not, simply put, this should not be acceptable. And I don't think that many people in Bengals country or, or fandom thinks it's a, a perfectly acceptable. Yes. But to not be concerned at all seems a little crazy. Largely because, largely because it feels like it's the same song and dance. Every time we discuss who should get paid, the very first people that come up when, when it's who should get paid are on the offensive side of the ball. And to be honest with you, the defensive side of the ball has been what's been carrying this Bengals team to the places that you're proud to be from, which is the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl. Yes, Joe Burrow has been elite. Yes. But the reason the Bengals have had a ton of success is because of the defense. At what point, at what point does the offense just carry the defense? Because if you're going to rely on all of these, you know, rookie safeties and guys that are one and two year players, and yes, Pratt has been incredible. Yes. Yes. Perhaps you could say that that Hendrickson has been a lot better than expected and those are all true. But you can't keep relying on this defense to be the reason that you have success. And if you watch that offense yesterday, it is, and maybe we'll be all wrong, but for those that are in the worried crowd or those that are saying this isn't normal, this isn't good, it's hard for me to believe that six days later that you're going to find yourself in a position that this offense looks that much better. Maybe I'm wrong. And again, maybe it was just one wet day in Cleveland it happened last year. But I just don't know if you can have it both ways. It's hard for me to sit here and say that you can say out of one side of your mouth that they should be Super Bowl contenders and the number one AFC home field advantage team at the end of the year, but then on the other side say it's not that big of a deal. They'll figure it out by week four or five. That's that's just not how that works usually. Last, last year, which is to your point, Casey. Last year, and in fact, Elliot brought this up earlier this year. How realistic is it to expect you to go on a 9 or 10 game win streak in the middle of a season when you watch the team last year when they did it? And I'm not saying it was a Houdini act. Yes, the Bengals are really good, but you don't just win all the games they won last year, 9, 10 in a row, or whatever it was, and expect that just to happen again. So if the Bengals get off to as bad of a start as they did last year, you know... This division, I would like to think, is not... And maybe it is an easy division after you watched Pittsburgh play yesterday. The Ravens didn't look like world beaters either. So that's the positive news if you're a Bengals fan. But in general, if it doesn't get cleaned up by next week, you're, you also have to worry about, and am I overselling this? Maybe. Is it overreaction Monday? Maybe. I have a question to everyone in the room. If they were to perform this again... Does the psychological effect of a guy that just signed the largest contract in NFL history, and on top of that, two bad weeks in a row, does that psychologically not affect the team? Or are you just so far in on the Joe Burrow slash Bengals will be fine training that you are you just think that they're too good not to be good?
2: Listen, when it comes to Joe Burrow, there's, I mean, all you can do is, is read from things in the past and, and make opinions on it. And what we've seen from Joe Burrow is two things are abundantly true when it comes to Joe Burrow. In his career, in week one and two, he is one and six. Has not played well for the first two weeks of, of his career. You could go all the way back to his college days. When he was at LSU, he completed 50% of his passage for weeks one and two back in his junior season. So something something happens to start the year. It just typically takes this time to get the ball rolling. And then secondly, Joe Burrow in the months of November and December is is elite. I mean, maybe the best quarterback in the National Football League. That's what we've seen from Joe Burrow the past few years. So, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna freak out about the Bengals. But yeah, it hurts. I mean, you guys saw when I walked in here. I wasn't a whole bundle of joy. I wasn't, wasn't having a whole lot of fun yesterday. Still not having a whole lot of fun. But to, to, to look at the Cincinnati Bengals and to, to say anything that, that, that I'm, I'm gonna think that they're not gonna make the postseason. I'm not gonna do. Think about them in, in some terrible way. That's just not true. I'm not. I'm, I'm seriously not worried about it. And if they go out next week and have a bad game, I still won't be worried about it. I'll still be pissed. I still will will feel like shit. But I'm. I know what this team has. I know this team has a great roster, and they have a great quarterback that is going to be the quarterback here till 2029. I'm not going to freak out about it whatsoever.
3: I just think at some point you're going to have to be concerned with it. And right now I'm kind of concerned. If you're going to start every season like this.
2: Yeah, it's, it's trouble. It's, it's bad.
3: It's bad. I mean, it's just not good. And if you're going to get paid $275 million, you have to show up. And he didn't show up. Joe Burrow did not show up yesterday. I don't know if that's because of the coaches. I don't know if that's because of the rain. But at some point, it's a pattern. Trace has said it. Casey said it. It's now a pattern. The first game of the season, you might as well book it down as a loss. Super Bowl winning teams don't do that. They just don't forfeit week one because they didn't play in the preseason. So fix it. I don't know. I, I don't, again, have, have the Bengals gotten a little bit unlucky with the injury stuff with Joe Burrow? During during camp, yeah, a little bit. But you're a professional athlete, and he's been fine for about a week and a half now. So Joe Burrow needs to be ready. He's not ready. I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned that this is going to be a trend. Yeah, the
0: The other thing, too, is it's not even just weeks one and two. It's against the Browns. They have a problem with the Browns, and we've all known this, that they've had a problem with the Browns. That's what makes me more upset is that you have to – you can't let a divisional opponent – own you. You can't. You can't. Eventually, they're going to catch up to you. Eventually, they're going to get some guys, and then they're going to be in the position where they're dominating the AFC North. It's only a matter of time. The Browns will not always be the Browns. I know that's a shtick that we love to play on, but they get one quarterback, and this thing is done. It's over. It's over. Deshaun Watson makes five throws yesterday, and it's 42-3. to Do we agree on that? I, yeah, I mean, I like, mean like,
2: for for what it's worth, we're looking at two quarterbacks that have been all pro quarterbacks in their career, and they both looked atrocious, like throwing passes uncharacteristic, pass, uncharacteristic passes from both the quarterbacks. So at some point, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't like making excuses, and I'm not going to make this excuse, but I'm going to say this right now: if if both are, are playing so bad that we're laughing about how badly they're missing targets, then yeah, probably the rain had
1: some effect in the way the in the way that they play. The only difference I would ask. And maybe it's, uh, maybe it's not, again, this, this all can be oversold, certainly. But when I watched that game, there was one team that felt like they, and again, this is a proverbial, everybody in the NFL, quite frankly, I do think cares. It's not like these guys just show up and they're like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to go out here and just, just get by and then I'm going to keep it moving. Maybe one out of a thousand guys that plays in the NFL acts that way. But it does seem apparent when I was watching that game. There was one team there that was ready to, to, to basically kill somebody for a win and there was one team there that's act like they've been to the AFC Championship two games in a row. 2 years in a row. Is a sense of, is a sense of urgency should it be like it's 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 the chance to get to the Super Bowl. One would like to think that that's the mindset you should play with no matter what. And it just felt like the Bengals were out there and they thought and they felt and they assumed that they were going to be given something just because they were the better team or at least that's what they've been told and that goes back quite frankly to the coaching a little bit again do i think zach taylor should be fired you should get rid of everybody clean house this is a joke this is ridiculous of course not that'd be that, that that would that would be the overreaction of a lifetime however however it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of mindset is brought into this Ravens game. Because your, pet, your back's up against the wall. Like it or not, you can say whatever you want. Week one. It's the way you looked. It's the way that everything's been perceived. It's the fact that Joe Burrow is not playing the preseason. And it, and it is what it is. The Ravens are a good defense. You ain't got a cakewalk coming up. You don't have a cakewalk coming up. This isn't the Cardinals you're rolling into town with. And you're going to be able to get everything back on track. And you're feeling good about yourselves going into week three. You got the Ravens. They're a divisional opponent. They're 1-0. Oh, by the way, the Browns, they're 1-0. The only team that you're even with right now is the Steelers, and I'd be arguing that the Steelers, quite frankly, have no business of even having a conversation with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback of being irrelevant in the AFC North. It's not going to happen. So the Steelers, shoving them to the side. It was cute. It was a fun little conversation we had. But after you watch them play football, you remind yourself, oh, yeah, that's the same Steelers
0: that were absolutely god-awful the past two years. <laughs> so, nine games last year. Uh, I, I'm going to steal the, the tweet because I was going to also use this tweet too, Elliot, Before before you mentioned it. Here is a graph of the game plan for Jamar Chase this week. We got two fade routes, two out routes, two flats, a button hook, and a curl. Only one of those routes, the one on the left here, and I think many of you might remember, was designed... For Jamar Chase to have an easy catch and an easy run after the catch. Everything else was just him running a normal route. I want you to take a look at one of the best receivers in the NFL, Tyree Kill and his route tree. It's all over the place. What are we doing? Why, why Why is Jamar, one of the best receivers in the NFL, limited to three or four routes? Why are we not giving him easy... Targets, easy throws for Joe Burrow. It's coaching staff. And I've had this problem with Zach Taylor for a while. It just seems like he's been way, he's gotten away with just dominating with players that are just better and not being creative whatsoever. That's all the Bengals offense ever has been. And when Joe Burrow is not on his game, this is what happens. We need someone to step up in the creativity department or else the Bengals won't ever get back to where they need to be. And that's just a fact. Eventually the defense is going to learn this playbook and they're going to know, well, they only run three or four routes. And if we get a guy like Denzel Ward and Emerson, we're going to be fine. I mean, it, it was abysmal yesterday. I mean, I, I'm almost speechless. I, I, I'm just so so frustrated with the Bengals because this is a thing that happens time and time again, and we keep just begging Zach Taylor to be just a little more creative. Can we, can we do something else? And it just never happens. Eventually they get into their flow where they're just so pinpoint accurate. They're just so perfect with their routes that it just doesn't matter. But eventually you need just some easy throws, man. You need some easy throws, especially with teams that we're gonna be facing like the 49ers, who aren't gonna let you get away with just out muscling them. They're gonna out muscle you.
1: Well, I, I, for those that are in the crowd that it was the elements and the rain and all this, how can you how can you on one side say it was the rain and the elements, but then turn around and be so proud and so boastrous about it? you went up in the snow and you defeated the Bills and you killed them? That was elements. It was snow in there. What's the difference? The difference is you got whipped up front. That's the difference. That offensive line, which, again, maybe it's going to be better. But I got news for you. I'm not trying to defend Joe Burrow. It's hard to be a good quarterback when you're getting smashed every other play. And, yeah, he only got sacked, what, two times, I think it was? He got sacked twice? Okay, well, that's great. That's an all good and well stat. But the guy was getting pressured nonstop. Nonstop. Now, it goes back to the point, why didn't they run the football? I don't know. When it's raining like that and you're having success running the football, I don't know. Maybe you should keep running it. But the thing is, is this, and this has happened before. It happened last time they were in Cleveland, which is the shocking point because Casey's brought this up before. This isn't the first time. It'd be one thing if this was the first time. Could you imagine being in a company, which some of you probably are, to where you tell somebody to do something, and they don't do it like three or four times in a row. And eventually you're just like, is this person just an idiot or they not care? That's where I feel like, at least Casey is. I don't know about the rest of the group. But that's where some Bengals fans are right now with this whole coaching staff and the Browns. It's like, what is it exactly that they're doing to where you're getting beat like this? And like it or not, but the Browns have good secondary. And I, and I know you got Joe Burrow. I get it. You have T. Higgins. I get it. You got Jamar Chase. You got great players. But sometimes you don't have to force it to make them worthwhile. Like, run the football is an okay thing to do. But, again, we sit here. It's just one week. But it kind of feels like... It kind of feels like the... uh, the situation where you get one pass, you get one free pass, and then after that, you get a strike on your record or whatever it may be, or the teacher tells you, if I hear you talking one more time, you're going to the principal's office. There ain't no give and take anymore. The Bengals back are up against the wall. They play against the Ravens. A big, meaningful game. Because division games are just more important. In fact, I'd tell you right now that if somehow, some way, that the 49ers... If the 49ers were playing at home, and maybe you could say that the, and I don't know why this would happen, but you get my point. The Bengals went went to San Francisco, and this is what happened to them. I honestly think I'd sit here right now and just say, like, there's no reason to be all that concerned. It's week one. Joe Burrow, quite frankly, hasn't got an opportunity to get his feet wet. And you played a really good team in the 49ers. But that's exactly what basically the Browns are, like it or not. You can sit here and make fun of the Browns all you want. You can say they're the Browns or the lowly Browns. The Browns are good. The Browns are good. I'll say it again. The Browns are good. And that's kind of the problem. Is the AFC North has two teams in it. I don't believe in the Steelers. But the Ravens can be really good. They have a really good defense. And the Browns can be really good. If they have Deshaun Watson play anywhere close to what he can play. That's the concern I would have if I was a Bengals fan. It's not so much how, how bad we looked. It's as much as you got to beat these other teams, guys, to make the playoffs. And not only that, if you want to be the number one seed, you're going to have to go against all of these other teams and get home field advantage. And it's almost like, and maybe I'm overreacting because that's what we do here. It's almost like sometimes when you're a fan of a team that's, that's, that's done something multiple times in a row, and I tried to somewhat warn this because I've been there, it's like it doesn't just automatically happen. You don't get a free pass to the AFC Championship game again. I know it feels like you should be there, but it, that's just not the case. There's no guarantees in the NFL. Do I think the Bengals should, should, should sell the franchise? And do I think they're terrible and they're not going to make the playoffs? I don't think that. But I do think sometimes, and, I'm, and this is the overreaction of all Maybe Sometimes I think to myself, I would be concerned of the flash in the pan scenario a little bit with the Cincinnati Bengals. Because they've been fortunate, and you could say that about every franchise, I guess, but they've been fortunate. They had the, the fumble with the Ravens, and they had a game where their field goal kicker kicked like five 50-yard field goals against the Texans, or the Titans, to beat them. If those two games go differently, I don't think that the Bengals fandom and everyone in Bengals fandom would feel the same way about what they're supposed to be. But I guess that's why you play the games, and if you win, you win. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, you take two plays out of those games, those two games I just mentioned, and the, and the mindset, for whatever reason, this year is completely different than what it is for some. I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, if you want to cherry-pick moments that happen in games, the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals also came back against the Kansas City Chiefs 21-3 in their home stadium, and they did that, too. So you can you could say that bad things have happened, and yeah, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of luck. But also, this team dominated the Bills in their home field, and they came back against the Kansas City Chiefs 21 to three. Listen, I, I I push against the the flash in the pan thing with the Bengals, and, and it's and it goes against the exact same thing that we say about other franchises. That we say to the Browns. At the end of the day, they're going to be the Browns. At the end of the day, the Lions are going to lion. And when people say that the Cincinnati Bengals are just a flash in the pan, that's just because the Bengals and their history haven't shown a whole lot to to think that there's sustained success. The Steelers have, you know, if you want to go to baseball, the Cardinals have, but the Bengals have not. And that's the only reason that people think, sit here and look at the Bengals and go, man, this is a flash in the pan. The the Bengals have shown the exact same thing last year as they're doing right now. Two years ago that they're doing right now. Didn't play well week one. I know they beat the Vikings two years ago in, in overtime, but as I've said over and over again, this is year four of Joe Burrow, and he's one in six in and, and weeks one and one, weeks two. There's something clearly not there happening in the in the, in the the first week of the season. There's clearly something that he has to get acclimated to, and and maybe it's the fact that he hasn't had a full preseason. Maybe it is those injuries. Those things happen. But at the end of the day, like Elliott said, they're professionals, and, and they've got to figure it out. And if you're going to pay a guy $275 million, you want him there for all 17 weeks, not just weeks three for, through 17. I I don't know what to say. I'm not going to freak out about the Bengals because I think that they still have a good roster. They've done everything right. They've done everything right. They've invested into the offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. They have now given Joe Burrow the largest contract in NFL history. And on top of that, you you can say, well, what about this defense? This defense has been so well. Why haven't they invested in the defense? Oh, but but They have. They gave Logan Wilson an extension. You know, they, they signed Trey Hendrickson. They, they got, went out and got Awuzie in free agency. Oh, in the past two years in, in the draft, you know, some say that the draft is the, the best form of capital that, the, that an NFL team has. Oh, in the first three rounds of the past two years, the Bengals have drafted defensive players. So they're doing everything right. But at the end of the day, when you have an offense that has Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, and you get 82 yards of passing offense, that's just really not damn good. That's just, it almost seems like a mathematical um, impossibility that that would happen.
3: But it did. I think, I think my biggest issue, and it's been my issue for a while now, is that it's, I think they're inconsistent. I think it's an inconsistent team. The Bengals, on paper, should be one of the best teams in the NFL. They're favored to win the Super Bowl, they're a third best favorite to win the Super Bowl. Right? I, you look at last season, yeah, they had a phenomenal last season. I know people don't like me to say this, but there were a lot of games that, last season that they did not dominate games. They won halves, right? They, they came back and won halves. They played better in the second half. They played better in the first half, and they'd go back and forth. The Bengals do not play a lot of complete games well. And I know it's the NFL, and I, and I know that's part, of the, that's part of the sport, but when I look at the dynasty of the Patriots, when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, I know what I'm getting. I know Patrick Mahomes isn't going to get shut out. He's not going to score zero touchdowns in games. I know the Patriots are going to to keep games close. I know their defense is going to dominate. I don't know what the Bengals have right now because, again, they they continue to be inconsistent. They just no-show. Trace rattled off some of the the exceptions to the rule, right? Teams are going to have bad games. They're going to no-show at some points during the NFL season. It's how it works. It's why it's the best sport on the planet. But at some point, the Bengals have to be consistent. They're not consistent. They they, they no show at random points during the season, and they do it they they do that consistently. If you're going to say what do they do consistently, they they disappear. So and again, people don't like me to say that the Bengals have played great; they've been to back-to-back AFC Championship games. Clearly, something's working. I'd argue that something's probably Joe Burrow. I think the the franchise would agree. I think the fan base would agree. But it's inconsistencies. When you get to the playoffs, it's the defense that wins. It's not the offense. This team is supposed to be ran. The defense is supposed to be okay. They're supposed to do their job, but it's the offense that's supposed to carry it. You're supposed to score 25, 30 points a game. That's why you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that is the crux of the issue, is that their consistency on offense has struggled mightily. Um, we all know how they are on defense. I think, I think on defense we all can agree that they're pretty consistent on defense. They're not going to let you down. But the the frustration on my part really just comes from, I know that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not concerned about that. It's that they've now, they're in a spot where they have to win against the Ravens or else the number one seed is in jeopardy or else the best path to the Super Bowl to get back to that point is in jeopardy. And do we really want to go back to, only having one home game in the playoffs again, I don't. I want to have. Uh, I want to have a, the best possible path to the Super Bowl. I'm tired of going to Kansas City. I'm tired of going to Buffalo. I want to go to Paycor for these playoff games. And when you play like this week one, it's just it's just so hard for me to to sit here and think. Yeah, I mean. They still have a chance at the number one seed when the consistency has been shown that, I mean, that they, they just can't. They, they can't perform early on in the season. The offense just in and out. And uh, it's tough.
3: I, I don't know. <laughs> and by the way, it wasn't only just the offense and the defense yesterday. Shout out to Robbins, My boy, Brad, oh my looked like the worst punter on the face of the planet. There was, I mean, there was just nothing yesterday that made me smile. I was yeah, there wasn't this a
2: single ounce of joy from that game. I
3: mean, I was watching these punts, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you so bad? And again, I, punters, I'm sure, have a harder job than, than what it appears on TV. But if you're going to mishandle snaps and punt 10 yards, get off the field. I'll find somebody better. Terrible. I mean, just absolutely t- – where's Kevin Huber? Bring him back out. Age 65. Trot him back out. At least Kevin Huber punted at 40 yards every single time. He was consistently, like, bad. This guy – I mean, this guy's wild. If this is what we're going to have to see every week in, week out, this special teams unit, tough. Tough. I'm a little concerned there, to be honest. For,
2: for, for what it's worth, guys, I mean, I mean, Elliot just was talking about inconsistency. I, I would argue against that the Bengals are – I mean, I'll say it's home blue in the face. Past two years, one and six in the first two weeks. Now, if you look after Halloween, November, they're something like 18 and five. So that's consistency. That, that That's what this team is showing you is that when the season begins, not very good. When the season ends, they've been damn good for the past two years. That's that's consistent. Now, the problem is, and, and the reason that the Bengals, like like Casey has said, have, haven't been playing home games in the postseason is because of the beginning of the year. That's the thing that needs to change, and that's – that's the opportunity that, that is in front of the Bengals this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. That, that beat, up, beat up on a Texans team, be, beat a Texans team by three scores. You know, the, most people have the Ravens as one of the top ten teams in the league. Actually, most teams, but most people have most of the AFC North as top ten teams in the league. And it, it's going to be a tough game. You get to come home. Um, hopefully, I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, the, the Bengals, for, for what it's worth, I, I hate the notion, it's, it's been the problem that I've had with college football, it's, it's been the problem that I've had with a lot of things. I hate the notion of you have to look good and wins in wins in the NFL. I don't think that's the, the case at all. I hate when you, when you look at a, a baseball game, and you're watching a baseball game, your favorite baseball team, you're like, man, they, they, you, you don't worry about how they look. You just worry, did they win the game or not? If it's one nothing, the defense, and the offense looked terrible the entire game in and, and baseball, you don't care because you won the game. That's what it should be in the NFL. When you win 10 straight games in the NFL, that's, that is nothing to knock out. It is incredibly hard to win in the National Football League. So I, I like the fact that maybe the expectations of this Bengal team can come down a notch and, and, and we're not worried about whether they're going to go 16-17-0. And and now we're just like, hey, let's just beat the Ravens again. Let's just go out and win week week two and, and get back on the horse and make this team look like a championship-caliber team that we know they are, that they've shown that they are. That's what I'm excited about is that there's another game this Sunday.
1: I think the, 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 the reality is and the reason why many people get upset or they care about the way somebody looks in a game, and you're right. All that matters is whether you win or lose. But the reason that people do care about whether the whether you look a certain way when you win or lose is because what's usually on the other side of that, what's what's to be coming. Uh, to your point. You can sit here and say that you would have felt just as good about the Cubs if we want to use that and jump across sports for just a second. You can sit here and say that you would feel just as good about the Cubs if they won two games. But objectively, if you watch the series where the Reds played the Cubs and you are a fan of either side, they both split. They went two and two. One could tell you, though, if you watch sports long enough, that this team's just better than that team. I know this team won two games, and that team won two games, but objectively speaking, I could just sit here and tell you that that team, over the long period of time, is going to win out. That is, That looks like a team that's just better, more times than not. To your point, though, I get the rational that it's just week one, and we have to remind ourselves, of course, of that. Of course it's week one. Of course it's only one week. But my main point of the, all of this is this, is that if you're a team that is supposed to be, you know, A team that's supposed to win the Super Bowl. Or a team that's supposed to be the AFC number one seed. Home field advantage. You just signed your quarterback to a mega deal. And that's how you look? At times it looked like not even competitive. No spirit. What it looked like yesterday was a team that's been to the AFC championship two times in a row and they just expected to walk out there and them be them be the same old team because they've been there before and the other team looked like a team that's underperformed for three four years in a row and they were tired of underperforming and they went out there and they were ready to prove something it's just one week I get it but the Browns showed up to play and the Bengals are still sitting on their merits of what they used to be and if they're going to continue to sit on their merits of what they used to be I got news for you there won't be a used to be anymore all right the Reds did play a baseball game yesterday. They still are an independent race. Joey Votto and Jonathan India came back to play yesterday. what seemed like they were gone for months. And they didn't just come back. They contributed. Joey Votto, home run. Jonathan India, home run. Listen, here's the thing with Joey Votto, okay? And Jonathan India, to be quite frank. There's 17 games left. 17. That's it. Throw out all the analytics, the statistics, whatever you want about what somebody is on the back of their baseball card. Throw it all away. Because there's 17 games, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The long haul of what somebody's supposed to be is irrelevant in 17 games. Nick Martini could be a guy that could carry this team. And if you think Nick Martini's going to carry a franchise, you'd be absolutely crazy. That's the point I'm making. Joey Votto and Jonathan India coming back have an opportunity that I hope sports, because they're cool sometimes, I hope sports can provide a cool moment for this city. Joey Votto, this is his last year, okay? Can we get that off the list? Can we stop talking about next year? There is no next year. Let's cut straight to the chase. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's not sit here and try to paint a picture that isn't true. Joey Votto has 17 games left as a Cincinnati Red for his entire career. That's it. That's what you get. You've been watching him your whole life. You got 17 games left with him. I'm hopeful. You might think I'm crazy, but I think we got 17 games left with Jonathan India too. I could be wrong. I'm not trying to speculate that I'm not trying to say that that's what they should do. That's not what this is about. What this is about is the fact is, is you have two guys that are fan favorites that have 17 games left with this franchise. And I'm hopeful that their merits and what they're able to do gives them the chance to play 18 or more. Because the truth is, is that somebody has to carry this team. In the next 17 games, this team isn't good enough. I'm going to say it again. This team isn't good enough just to go out and play their average baseball and make the postseason. It's not going to happen. Does that mean that I think this team isn't good or I'm down on this team or anything like that? No. They've been a blessing to watch all year long. They've been unbelievable. And you should be proud about it. If you're a Cincinnati Reds fan, you should be proud about what you've got to witness this year because the future, for all intents and purposes, does look very bright. And if you believe in a plan, which you should, most successful people have a plan. They believe in that plan and they execute the plan. And I hope that's what Nick Craw will do. And he stayed the course for the most part this year. The front office, they went out and spent a little money. They had a Hunter Renfro, they had a Harrison Bader. But the truth is, with Renfro and Bader and all the other guys that they have right now, there isn't one doubt in my mind that I would argue that they deserve to make the playoffs because they're good enough to make them. But what could happen, and what I'm hoping will happen, is that Joy Votto and or Jonathan India put on a superhero cape and they're capable because for 17 games Joey Votto can get hot over the course of a year I don't think Joey Votto quite frankly is a good enough player to play every day in the major leagues Jonathan India certainly is but between the two of them someone one of them is going to have to carry the load because the rookies are running out of steam folks The rookies are running out of steam. And I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to assume. The rookies can't continue to do what they've done all year long. Let's be honest. We've been cheating the system a little bit here. We've been cheating the system. You're not supposed to have guys that come up that play this well for this long. You're not supposed to have a bullpen with the names of likes that we have that are this good this long. They've had injuries after injury after injury. Then after they got done with injuries, they decided to throw COVID in there because that wasn't hard enough. But I'm hopeful that you'll do one thing when you watch these games. You'll take the blinders off a little bit. You'll you'll realize what the Reds truly are and who they are, which is still a pretty good team. But I hope you don't miss out on the last 17 games of two guys that you might care about. Because that's all there is left. Joey Votto in Jonathan India. And I'm hopeful that sports will provide a really cool moment and we'll ride off in the sunset with JV 19. Nothing would be better than to give Joey Votto a standing ovation in a playoff game at home. In order for that to happen, they're going to have to get hot. They're going to have to win a series on the road, and then they'll get a chance to play home playoff games. Maybe you can say that I'm being too pessimistic and they don't have a chance and they, or they have a chance to get the, uh, you know, the, the top wild card or, or, or whatever it is that you're selling yourself. But the truth is, is that's all gone. And that's okay. But don't fool yourself into thinking that Joey Votto is going to be back because he's not. I'm saying it with a fact. And if you've watched this show long enough, I'm not here to say that I'm right all the time. But I'm usually when I'm, when I'm usually saying things like this, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Joey Votto, it's his last year. Take it or leave it. Enjoy the last 17 games. Because I'm going to try. And you should too. The Reds are in a a situation where they have an off day today. They play a a three-game series against the Tigers. Uh, Of course, everyone always talks about the week schedule. That's all I hear. The week schedule that the Reds have, they're one and a half back. The truth is, though, if you've watched this team long enough, guys, it goes to the point that I made at the very beginning with with uh, with the analogy I used with Reed. The concern isn't so much the wins and losses right now, it's the way that they appear and look. Yesterday was a bright spot, yes. But it's the little things this team hasn't been able to do to win series for extended periods of time, people. When was the last time we were able to win a series that you felt really good about? I guess you could say, obviously they they caught a break and they 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 beat the mariners yes but it's like if you watch those games did we really take it to them in that series and win the series or did we just get lucky i hate to say it like that well, but yeah, that's and, where i'm at
3: and this is i disagree with reed's point the, the way you look in games matters you can't be s- s- banking on miracle ninth inning nick martini bombs to win games it just you don't look good you're not good you're not playing good you win games but you're not you're not playing good and yeah, at the, end of the, at the end of the season, that wins the same win as, a, as every other dominating win you've seen. But you have, to, you have to show up. And the Reds, for a long time, really just haven't been showing up. And it's not to the fault of their own. They've been dealing with injuries. They've been dealing with coronavirus. They've been dealing with rookies. They've been dealing with Ellie De La Cruz launching balls at our players' faces. So I, you, you look around this team, and I hate to say this word, but it's been kind of a circus this season. It's been a circus in the best way. I love going to the circus. It's fun. There's clowns. But when, when, you, when you go to the circus, right, it, it, you don't expect a, a lot of quality things to happen. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sideshow. And the Reds for a long time have been a sideshow. I think the Reds are very good. I think talent-wise, if healthy, I still believe they're the best team in the NL Central. I still believe that. If you're fully healthy, coronavirus is gone. All, all of these injuries are gone. Noelvi Marte still has a face. I, I, I think the Reds are still the best team in the NL Central. But right now, they're not. They're a depleted team. They have nothing and no one right now. It's just tough. It's tough to watch. I'm glad Jonathan is back. I'm glad Joey Vada's back. But at some point, you have to show up, and they haven't been showing up for a while now. Yesterday was a great win, but you lose the series to a team that's objectively bad. There's the word objectively again. Bad. The Cardinals are bad. There's no excuse to lose that series. This series against the Tigers is not only a must-win, but I'm not gonna. If 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 you don't show up one of these games, I'm gonna be upset. If you don't show up, you win two to one, ugly miracle comeback in the ninth. I'm gonna be mad because I mean you have to you have to show up here. You have to beat the Tigers. You have to. I'm not gonna say they have to sweep them, but you have to sweep them. You have to because you're you're fighting for the playoffs right now if you if you want any type of recognition if you want to try to get into the postseason you have to start winning these series these these aren't good teams they're not the Mets aren't good the Tigers aren't good the Cardinals aren't good the Pirates aren't good win a game win a series show up and again I'm not again it's not to the fault of their own they've been dealing with a lot of stuff a lot of injuries Harrison Baders look terrible you go around the team it just it just hasn't clicked Shout out to the bullpen, because the bullpen, God love them. They've been the only thing good this season, consistently, the entire way. But you have to show up. Tigers, you have to sweep them. Sweep them. If you want, me to, conv- if you want to convince me, you sweep the Tigers, because they're not good. And again, I, I, I'm not going to be mad if the Reds don't make the playoffs. This team wasn't sp- supposed to make the postseason. They weren't supposed to be good. They were projected to win 64 games. They have, out- they have exceeded expectations by a mile. But when you have a chance for the playoffs and you don't show up to games, I get frustrated. I, and maybe this is just a vent after the, the disgusting performance from the Bengals yesterday. But if the Reds, the Reds are just going to not show up against the Tigers, then, then we, we won't play. I mean, that's, just, that's how it is. If you lose this series to the Tigers, the season's done. So show up, show out, do something, and let's try to win a series. Let's try to get to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like you pointed out, I, I hope that the Reds don't have to mask some of the frustrations from the Bengals. I hope the Bengals can find a way to maybe to win Week Two, so it'll take some of the heat off of Joey Votto and Jonathan India. Because the truth is, right now, uh, Joey Votto and Jonathan India should should probably not be in a position where they should have to carry this team. But that's kind of what I'm getting at. That's what it's going to take. And maybe it's somebody else that I don't foresee coming. Maybe it is uh, Ellie De La Cruz gets hot again. Maybe Marte, his face is nice and fixed. By the way, it's a broken nose. Um, He's going to probably wear a protective mask. You know, you remember old, uh, uh, who was the guy that played for the Pistons? Hamilton. That wore the mask. Rip Hamilton. So maybe it'll look like Rip Hamilton over there at third base and carry this team to the postseason. I don't know. But I do know this. 17 games is not a long enough of a stretch where you can just say, analytically, this is what probably can happen or should happen. It's 17 games. It's just not enough. Somebody can play over their, over their head and somebody can severely underperform. The truth is, is that Joey Votto and or Jonathan India can do what Ellie De La Cruz did when he came up. Matt McLean when he came up. Will Benson when his second tour began. If, if somebody's able to do something like that, that's what it's going to require for them to get in the postseason. And if it doesn't happen, so be it. But I have a, I have a weird feeling That sports are cool. And uh, whether we're living in a matrix or not, I don't know. But it certainly seems like, perhaps, that more times than not, there's storybook endings to a lot of cool things in sports. That's what I'm hoping for here. Joey Votto gets hotter than hot in the next two weeks, gets this team to the postseason. And after that, you can say whatever you want about Joey Votto, but he had an unbelievable career here. And I know that some people in the chat want to say, Trace, wait until you're wrong. He's going to be back. Okay, well, I'd be willing to bet a, 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 an unbelievable amount of money that Joey Votto will not be back. And if he is back, it's going to be under a role or be disguised as a role that, quite frankly, will be insignificant. If he comes back, maybe he's a bench coach slash coach player type guy where he's taking close to league minimum of what, he's, what, he's, what he's able to make and decides to come back and they decide to open up a roster spot for him. But Joey Votto, and I'll say it once, I'll say it again. What did I sit here and tell you a month ago when everybody was screaming in the chat that he's done, he's finished, he's hurt again, his career's over? He wasn't hurt. He wasn't hurt. The guy was struggling mightily. He was not a Major League Baseball player anymore. That's what it was. They found a way to give him a reprieve, give him some time off, get your mind right, get yourself back to where you're going to be able to go and play some rehab games and call me a conspiracy theorist. I, I apologize if this slander is something that's not true, but it's my own opinion. And I'm telling you that Joy Votto can get hot for two weeks. Let's hope that that happens because it's the best thing that, that's the best thing that could possibly ever happen with what Joy Votto is and where he is in his career with the Cincinnati Reds and what we would like to see at the end of his career. I don't want this to turn into... And it's not going to, thankfully. Because the Reds franchise, I think, is smarter than this. But I don't want this to turn into a Lee Corso situation. And I don't mean to jump all over on the room. Maybe we'll talk a little college football before the show's over. Maybe we won't. But you watch game day right now. And you see Lee Corso up there on the set. You feel bad for him. At least I do. Somebody needs to save the man. You can't just keep shoving an icon somewhere forever until you realize that maybe the game's been over. It's over. Just enjoy the last 17 games, okay? Just enjoy the last 17 games. If you want to argue with me and tell me I'm wrong, go ahead. But you're going to wake up at some point in this offseason and have a really sorrow, sorrow day when Joey Votto has not been extended and or picked up. And I'm going to hear to tell you that you should have realized that a long time ago when Trace was trying to tell you to enjoy the last 17 games. That's what this should be about. If the Reds make the postseason, by all means. I want it just as bad as you do. But I also don't want you to realize that you had a chance to just sit down on your couch and watch the best player that I've ever got a chance to watch play for this franchise. Enjoy Votto. Because the curtains are coming. All right. Not to get too morbid because he's not dying, but... I also find it hilarious that people think they're going to pick up his option and or they're going to allow him to come back. It's just not in the cards. It's not in the cards, everybody. No. Joey Votto's career is over. This is what we got left. Do you think he'll play for somebody else
2: if he doesn't get picked up? you think somebody will sign him to a million-dollar you know, deal somewhere else?
1: I don't think he's a Major League Baseball player anymore. I just don't. I hate and, – and that. see, when I have to say that, that's what's – Kind of, uh, it's a kid show, so I won't say it. That's what's kind of BS about the whole thing because it turns me into this Joey Votto slander guy when I love Joey Votto. Like, I just don't think he's a major league baseball player anymore. I don't think anyone else would want him. I don't think anyone else would put him on their 40, man. Could you, could you possibly say it's just to sell tickets or kind of convince a fan base that maybe they're... I don't think Joey Votto would go anywhere other than the Reds and or Toronto, and Toronto's good enough where I don't think Toronto wants him.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. I I think if Joey Votto wants to play again, there will be one of the 30 teams that Correct. will sign him to a deal. So you, you might be right that he, he might not be talented enough to, to play uh, at a major league level anymore. But to think that a major league team won't sign him seems a little silly. So it comes down to whether Joey wants to play or not. And I think you're you're at least um, going down the right path by saying maybe he doesn't want to play for anybody other than Toronto or, or Cincinnati. But I, I I don't have an opinion on the matter. I was just yeah, genuinely curious if Joey Votto, if you think Joey Votto will You know, will
1: play really quickly, year. Ellie's got a point. I think you bring up a valid point, which is will Joey Votto go play for someone? You never really know, Reed, because, I mean, Michael Jordan probably would have said he's going to hang it up if he has to go play for the Wizards. At some point, though, you get told that you're not good enough to play anymore, and it might spark a fire because Joey Votto's a competitive guy. He might be like, no, F you Castellini's, F you Reds front office. We don't care about, you know, F you Nick Kroll. I'm going to go play for, who, who, for somebody that wants me, and I'm going to prove that you're wrong. That could happen, and I leave that door open, but based off whatever whatever Joey Votto's always said, he wants to play for one team in his entire career, he wants to finish as a Cincinnati Red, he wants that to be the only uniform he's ever worn, all those things sound good in principle until your competitive spirit comes out, and that might change, but to your point, do I think that the Toronto Blue Jays will take him, where you could argue that might be the one place he would go, they're too good, they're too good. Like, if you told me it was the A's or something, he was from Oakland, Okay, maybe I, I maybe that would be how he goes out. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna say he's not gonna play for anyone other than those two teams, but it would be hard pressed for me to believe based off what he said that he will play for anyone outside of Cincinnati and Toronto. But you know what? I know it sounds kind kind of wild, but if the Pittsburgh Pirates called him up and they said, "Hey, man, we want to give you a one year deal," and he got that pissed off, which you could. If you I mean if when you're told you're not good at something, inevitably as a human being, you get defensive you want to prove someone wrong, right. especially if you're at a high-level uh, athlete like he is. It wouldn't shock me if he did that. Brett Favre did it. I mean, there's there, Aaron Rodgers is doing it. There's a lot of guys that do it at the end of their careers. Right. So that's where I would say you might be right. I don't know. For, for what
2: it's worth, um, while we're speculating on whether Joe Votto will play for somebody next year, I personally, doesn't. he doesn't seem like a guy that would want to go play for a bad team. So the team would have to be at least – anticipating to compete and maybe you can argue that that maybe the Pittsburgh Pirates are anticipating to compete next year but yeah I mean he seems like let me put it this way it doesn't seem like the fire as a professional athlete is gone for Joey Votto yet you look at other players that are at the 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 twilight of their career a guy like you're gonna see this week in Miguel Cabrera who just is kind of phoning it in at this point and that that's that's not Joey Votto he's still a very competitive player I if you made me have a have a take on this? Then I'd say, yeah, I think Joey Votto is going to play next year, and probably not for the Cincinnati
3: Reds. I would bet my entire life that Joey Votto is not playing baseball next season. I, I think he's out. I, he said it a couple so years. So if
2: you're wrong, we get to
1: what do we do. Yeah, what do we do there?
3: Yeah, do, do. take my life. I guess I don't care. I don't think uh, we're gonna do that. I, I mean, after yesterday's performance, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so down right now. It doesn't even matter. But Joey Votto, Joey Votto, I he said it a couple years ago. When when he he'll know when he's done playing. I think Trace is right. That IL stint, I think that's a phantom IL. Shout out Kevin Newman, gastritis. I think it's a phantom IL. I think it was he wasn't playing good. Why are, why, why are you here? I think Joey Votto knows it's time to end. He's certainly not going to sign a deal with anybody else. There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's no team unless, like Reed said, unless they're a bad team that just needs a, a name on the door like the A's in the beginning of Moneyball. They just need David Justice's banner on, at the top of the stadium to bring fans in. That's the only scenario where where a team would offer him a deal, and Joey Votto would not go to a losing team. Joey Votto's not going to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I promise you that. Joey Votto will ride off to the sunset. He's a great player. I think if there would be a chance, a glimmer, if the Reds offered him a $2 million, $3 million deal to stay in Cincinnati for one more year, I think there is a chance he would stay here. Other than that, he is done. Toronto's not offering Joey Votto uh, a deal next year. There's no team – in their right mind, that would offer this guy a deal. He can only play against righties, and even then, he hasn't been that good. So uh, there, there, there's, just no, there's just no scenario where Joey Votto plays next year. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Reed will take me out back. But uh, other than that, uh, the, Joey Votto's done. But, I mean, it's not a bad thing. He gave, us, he gave us 18, 19 years, whatever it was. I'm happy with Joey Votto. I love Joey Votto. Joey Votto is my favorite Red of all time. The shit that he's had to endure in this city with the fan base – discrediting him because he was paid $20 million, a contract now that would be laughed at if you paid a good player that. So Joey Votto deserves a statue. He will receive a statue outside of Great American Ballpark. He has done nothing but eat shit in this city from the fan base, who quite honestly has disrespected him for most of his entire career. So Joey Votto, shout out Joey Votto. He has had to endure one of the worst franchises in the MLB for the past 20 seasons. And he, and he just sat there. He took it like a pro. He was professional. He's every guy in the clubhouse's favorite uh, teammate. This is my guy, Joey Votto. So I'm going to enjoy the last 17 games like Trace said. This is, this is it for Joey. I'm hoping it doesn't end in 17 games. I'm hoping they can figure it out. I'm hoping the offense can wake up. I'm hoping the starting pitching can get a little bit healthy. I want Williamson. I want Ashcraft. I want all my guys back. And if that's the case, I think the Reds can make the postseason. But right now, these, this is the last 17 games for Joey Votto. And I'm more than okay with that. He's given us everything he's had.
2: Are you guys okay if the Reds don't make like, – like where's the expectation as Reds fans about the end of this season? Like, like I feel like crap right now because the Bengals lost a week one game. Like where, where is your guys' emotions wrapped up to the, the end of this season? Well,
3: I, I'm going to tell you mine because right now it seems – like it just seems dead. And, and I'm not saying, like, the, the chances are dead. I'm not saying the team's dead. It, it, with, with, all, with all the BS that the Reds have had to deal with for the past, I don't know, three weeks now, four weeks, injuries, coronavirus being the only team being tested for coronavirus in 2023, uh, with Noelvi Marte taking practice balls to the face from, from our shortstop. I think all that's happened here it's just tough to get up and watch these Reds games and be like yeah I'm excited to watch this team it's this is a team that's trying to survive day by day pitch by pitch I don't expect them to make the postseason I would be shocked if they did at this point but it, it's it's it, it's it almost feels sad at this it's just like it just we're slowly going down at this point so that that's where my vibes are they're not high I'm not well, gonna, not, the good news
1: is, is that I think much of this is based off the football game that got played yesterday for some of the Bengals and Reds combo fans. Okay, I, I'm at a point now where the Reds, Seth asked in the chat, we, we need to talk about what it is that the Reds need to do to make the postseason. The truth is is they probably need to win 84 games, 85 games, 86 is a guarantee. But I think 84, 85 wins, how do you get to that? It's simple to me. It's simple. And I just it's, it's everything I just said. They need someone, and or someone, as in plural, maybe two, to get red hot. This team has to play over their head just one more time. You want to get yourself fired up? You you, want to make yourself feel a little bit better? There's 17 games left, people. 17 of them. And they're one and a half back, and they're not playing that many good teams. Period. They're chasing the lowly, non scared you shouldn't worry about them diamondbacks okay they hold a tiebreaker over them and oh who's the other team the marlins don't hold a tiebreaker over the marlins but they do hold some weird tiebreaker which is who has the better record in their division which is why the cardinal series stinks if we're being honest you got to start winning some of these series, especially against the lowly Cardinals, but it's a, it's a long season. I'm not going to let the fact that they lost two or three against the Cardinals make me feel as if this team isn't capable of getting hot one more time. Joey Votto, I'm telling you right now, I seen in the chat earlier somebody saying, well, everyone thought Albert Pujols was done, and then he went back to St. Louis, and he, and he revived his career. He didn't revive nothing. He got hot for a short amount of time, and by God, any great baseball player has it in him just one more time. You've heard the old song. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. That's what we need out of Joseph Votto. That's what we need. And by God, if we don't get it, so be it. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if that's what the universe put right in front of us. Joey Votto puts a team on his back one more time as he leaves Cincinnati and he gets him to the postseason. If that's not a storyline that's already been written, then I don't know what is. And you know what? If he struggles and it doesn't work out, so be it, I'll live with it. But I'm not gonna sit around and throw a pity party just because the Bengals got their ass whipped and then the Reds lost two or three to the Cardinals when there's 17 games left and we're chasing the Marlins who suck and we're chasing the Diamondbacks who aren't very good either. This isn't a far stretch. We're not asking to move mountains here. For the Reds to make the postseason. They play the Tigers three times. Will they win two or three? I hope so. If they sweep them, cherry on top. They just need to win series. They don't need to win nine of ten in a row. They don't need to win 11 of their next 17. They don't need to do any of that. They just need to win series. Take two or three here. Take two or three here. If you lose one, you don't get swept. They saved their season yesterday. If they got swept yesterday, by all means, bag them up. Season's over. Curtains. That's not what happened. Hunter Green went out and shoved. The Hunter Green that many people, myself included, that were somewhat concerned about. Some written off Hunter Green and said he was dead. Well, he just went out yesterday. He just went out yesterday, and, and he and he made he made what is... Quite frankly, a very good start. You want to say it's the Cardinals? Go ahead. That's fine. You want to downplay what he did? Go ahead. That's fine. But he but he went out there in a meaningful game, like it or not, in a pennant race, and basically carried the load. So I hope I make you feel better when I say that. This, when, I, when, I, when I, What I was getting at before wasn't so much saying this is the last 17 games because the Reds are sucking and they're not going to make the postseason. It's just, you know... Sometimes I look at my kids and I think to myself in small spurts of time that, you know what? I don't appreciate this enough. I don't appreciate it enough. My kids are, I literally see my kids sometimes and I think, I don't even remember what they were when they were two years younger than that. I got a, I got a soon to be 12 year old. Well, we'll say 11, right? And I got a, I got a three year old. And sometimes I look at the three year old and I think, I don't even remember what my 11 year old was like at three. I don't remember any of that. So when you get a little bit older, you realize, okay, I'm just going to soak this in. I'm going to take it for what it is. I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. Maybe I'll I'll look back and think I won't enjoy it enough, but I'm going to try in the moment as best as I can to enjoy the last 17 games of Joey Votto. You should too. Don't let the distraction of the playoff race get in the way of assuming and appreciating what Joey Votto has been in not only his career here, but what he could possibly do for the end of the season. Simple as that. Are the Reds dead? Of course they're not dead. They're a game and a half back. And I know you can always say this, and we've been saying this all year long to make ourselves feel better. We've been doing it all year long. If I told you before the season started that if the Reds were 17 games left and they were a game and a half back of the wild card... We all would laugh, we'd all go get drunk, we'd all go call our friends, and we'd be smoking cigars. And guess what? That's where we're at. So I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I'm, I'm to your point, Reed, to answer your question in a really long-winded way. I'm not, I have no expectations about it. Of course it's going to hurt a little bit if they don't make it. Right. But, but, I'm not going to be devastated about it. In fact, I'll be excited. I'll actually consider going to Red's Vest.
2: <laughs> to, to focus in on the, the point I was trying to make earlier about looking at wins and, and and thinking like, oh, we didn't play well enough. That that you rang all the points about being a fan is fun because you watch the games, you get sad when they lose, and you get excited when they win. And if you start looking into how they win, you start looking into then you're then you're robbing your fandom of of joyous moments. You're robbing your fandom, and that's what you're saying with Joey Votto. Like, you you're, you're here in September baseball. That's what everyone, all all Reds fans, that's what all baseball fans say. Like, we just want to be playing meaningful baseball in September. And you're here, and if you can't just breathe in and take it in and, and have the joyous moments and roll with the bad the bad moments and get sad when they lose and happy when they win, then what's the point? What's the point of being
3: a fan? In, in, in period, what's the point of that? To win. I'd like to win. I mean, this story is cool, this story is fun. When I went to the University of Toledo, it's cool, school spirit's great, but if I'm going to wake up and say that their season has any sort of relevance or matters at all, then it doesn't, right? At some point you have to show up, you have to win. I, don't, I mean, I, at some point it does matter how you look. When, when you're playing a sport, it matters how you look a little bit. The Reds have looked bad for a long time now. Ellie De La Cruz has looked like one of the worst players in the sport, truly. And again, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm, I know I'm negative Elliot. today. It's partly because of the Bengals and, and, and the weekend, whatever. Haven't won a bet in a month. But this is this is it. I mean, what, I mean, it's great that Joey Vaughn, all these romantic storylines. How can you not be romantic about baseball? I get it. But at some point, it's like I haven't seen a championship in my life, and really I haven't even been close. I'd like to see one. You've well, been close. You've been and, close. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say I've been close
3: once with the Bengals. It's true. I was. I was. I was. I got to a Super Bowl with the Bengals. But the Reds. You're two minutes away. The Reds. The Reds. I'm not gonna lie. The Reds are my favorite team. They all, they'll always be my favorite team and the franchise. Nick Kirby hates this. Nick Kirby hates what I'm about to say. He wakes up and he hates this thought. But the Reds have been one of the worst franchises in the sport for the past 25 seasons. They have been, and it sucks. So when I'm one and a half games out and we're losing to the Cardinals, who don't have pitchers or players, yeah, I'm going to get mad. It matters how you look at some point. I think you're one series loss away from ending this season. At some point, you have to beat the Cardinals. You have to beat the Tigers. You have to beat somebody. You have to win series, like Trey said. And and until they do it, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. For, for what it's worth is you, you – I, I think you're on board with what I'm saying. I think I am too. I'm just negative. No, I
2: think I'm you're just on, sad. Well, it's it's because you're saying it matters how you look, but then you say we just want to win ball games. If you remember when the, 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 the Reds took four of five games against the Mariners and the Cubs, they didn't look good. They didn't look good, but you didn't care because you're a fan that just wants – to get excited when they win. They did not look good in that five-game stretch. They didn't, but they stole five out of five, four out of five. And that's what being a fan's about. That's what I'm trying to beat the thing is it doesn't matter how you look. It matters if you win. It matters if you win and when you lose. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what the win looks like. That's a very and you know fair that. Point. And you guys know that because you guys were so excited after yeah, they won four out of five games.
3: Yeah, but here's the issue with that. No team that's ever won a championship, competed for a championship, wins like, oh, miracle win after miracle the win after miracle win. The 2019 Nationals. I, I, the
2: 2021
3: Atlanta Braves were under 500 at the trade deadline. Yeah, but then they went in on the most unprecedented dominating run the sport's ever seen. They destroyed the back half of that season. So I, my point is, at some point, I'd like, I'd like the Reds to dominate. And, and until I see it, I won't believe it. It sucks, but that's, the, that's where I am right now. I'd like to see the Reds look good when they play baseball. They have not looked good for a very long time.
1: And you know what? That may be the most optimistic take you could have, is that they've not looked good for a very long time. What does everyone always say in sports? You want to play your best baseball at what? The end of the year. This Reds team could have won a World Series if it was held in July. They could have. They're the best team in baseball for three weeks. They have it in them somewhere. Maybe it'll never come back again. Maybe it was like the first three holes at Woodland for Elliott. It just, it's there. Oh, and what a shot. But then it's gone. I mean, what a shot that was. But it could be there. That's the good news. Is It could happen. If this Reds team can find a way to get some positive momentum. They go into the playoffs red hot. It feels like they're due is what I'm getting at. Doesn't it? It kind of feels like the Reds are due because they've not played good in a long time. And by good, I mean like the team that we thought that we had had when we were playing the Atlanta Braves. It's funny that we hearken back to a series that we lost to remember the times when we were good. But that's what they are. That's what they were then. We'll see if it can happen again all right uh the the reds are are what they are uh, i think we've we 've discussed them long enough over the weekend. I get that uh, to a certain extent to a certain extent you could you could say that the reds are uh, the biggest thing there is to look forward in Cincinnati sports, but that might be lying because the u c bearcat football team Elliot, I want a hot take from you. Uh, I mean, you said you had a really, really bad weekend. Uh, are you not a Bearcat football fan? <laughs> because, like it or not, hey, they
3: tried to give that game away. But
1: they, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, here we go. We gotta, we gotta, we're, we're gonna take Elliot and get some ice cream because here's the thing, Elliot. They won the game, dude.
3: They did. They did. As much as they tried to lose it, uh, they won it. Uh, i are such a negative fan. I, I am, I, I'm very I open about that Yeah, when the Bengals don't score any points And the Reds lose a series to the Cardinals It's hard to wake up But guess what, I'm here We're firing off takes The Bearcats look good Emory Jones, a lot of people are saying This guy's a Heisman winner uh, I, I'm certainly going to say it Emery Jones, Heisman winner Looks very good there, there was one of the best catches I've ever seen in that game uh, Back corner of the end zone I forget who caught it um, But Emory Jones with a dime They look good they look good. They're going to beat Miami. Shout out to Miami. Uh, they, they're certainly a game on the schedule. They're going to win that. And like Trey said, they're going to be undefeated heading to Oklahoma. If the Bearcats go undefeated this year, they will be in the college football playoffs. So there is that. Satterfield's looked infinitely better than I thought he would. Emory Jones looking infinitely better than I thought he would. Half the team's looking infinitely better than I thought they would. This is, this is fun. This is a fun time to be a Bearcat football fan. Do I think they're gonna make the college football playoff? No, I think they're gonna collapse. But right now, right now there's still hope. A lot of hope.
2: Hey, if if you took uh the over on on UC's win total, four and a half, it looks good. I mean they 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 they, stuck, they, they, they stole one of that, that one of those games yep. that when they were doing four and a half, they were not thinking that
3: correct the Bearcats were gonna win a game against Pitt. I think the schedule's gonna get brutal here coming up. But yeah, I, I you win you go three 0 to start the season. Nobody can complain about that. They've really done – I mean, they haven't done anything wrong. Satterfield's gotten them up for each of these past two games. Emory Jones has been great. Dante Corleone, great. Bearcats look good. Bearcats look very good. Two home games in a row, play
2: play their biggest rival and, and maybe the biggest rivalry in all of college football, Miami versus saying. UC. And then you play Oklahoma for your first Big 12 game.
1: Yeah, for those that are that are interested, uh, UC plays Miami, obviously, at night here, nip at night. There will be a Chatterbox Sports bash on short fine. Uh, this upcoming week. And after that they play Oklahoma, followed by BYU, Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, UCF, Houston, West Virginia, and Kansas. I'd argue you say it's a gauntlet. If you had to say right now, without a shadow of doubt, it seems like over four and a half seems pretty safe. I mean I Yeah it does. I I, I, I it, do think yeah. that Miami now to be fair, I think Miami's better than than, than what the average person would probably perceive them to be. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'd, I'd, I'd argue that last year Miami was every bit of in that football game at Paycor Stadium, and Miami could have won that game. So if you're a Red Hawk fan, uh, I think that there is some hope there. Do you go into Nippert at night and win usually? Probably not. But if there was ever a time to do it, it's probably in a situation like this where you have a team that maybe is feeling themselves a little bit. Maybe they think they're better than they really are. You come in hungry – and you take what's yours, a la what happened in uh, a Cincinnati football game over the weekend, just happened yesterday. So happened at 1 o'clock in Cleveland. Thanks. Um, I think there's
3: a good chance UC beats Houston. I think there's a good chance UC beats Kansas, UC- West Virginia, uh, Baylor, BYU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, UCF, and Oklahoma are the games that I think they definitely lose. They could prove me wrong, but there is a good chance that UC has a has a bowl season, a bowl-eligible season which is, I guess, what you dream of in college football if you're not Alabama.
2: For what it's worth, you see 15-point favorites against Miami this Saturday, so over two-touchdown favorite, and they win this game. You just got to go, in terms of getting, getting over that win total, just got to go, what, 2-7 and seven for their last nine games?
1: Yeah, I, listen, the, the other thing, I, the thought I had, too, uh, yesterday, as I was kind of thinking through all the different types of topics you could discuss during a, during a sports talk show on Monday – uh, one of them was, what is Scott Satterfield's kind of M.O.? Like, who is he? Because he doesn't look and appear as if like he's a Dion Sanders, right? You know what you're getting with Dion. Satterfield kind of comes off as a little more corporate. But then when you see him behind the scenes, a la the locker room celebration, and for those that didn't see it, he had glasses on, he was doing the dance, he was having the fun in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can win and have a really good program with guys like that, too. You know, it doesn't always have to be the, uh, the, the, the flamboyant, outside-the-box-thinking, crazy offense-looking team. Because it does seem like that gimmick usually wears off eventually, and that program goes south. I could see Satterfield, and again, this is maybe, again, overreaction Monday, as usual, I could see Satterfield finding a groove at Cincinnati and running a quote-unquote good program. I think it's unfair to expect college football playoff type stuff. Quite frankly, I think that was a—and again, I'm not trying to be super pessimistic here, but it was a little flash in the panty. It's a little flash in the panty. You had one unbelievable recruiting class that came through at the exact same time. A lot of hard work. And when you work really, really hard in life, I've realized you do also get a little lucky. You create your own luck. So I'm not trying to say it was all luck in what Luke Fickle did. But what I am saying is that I think a lot of his hard work allowed them to get a little bit lucky and it was a little bit lucky in what they needed to have happen to make the college football playoff. It's just unrealistic to have that even somewhat near the relevant topic of conversation or make it a relevant topic of conversation about college football playoffs and UC football. Maybe when they expand to 16 teams eventually, then we can have a reasonable conversation if it's realistic for UC football to get in the college football playoff. But in the unforeseeable future, you just hope you have a competitive team that competes for a Big 12 championship once every, and this is going to sound wild to say, but once or twice every decade. That's L- where I would be with UC football.
2: Listen, Scott Satterfield has come in, and he's – sorry.
0: This, this guy, I like popping collars. Leave <laughs> it. Leave it. Leave it. I was going <laughs> to say something. I,
2: I couldn't do that, bitch. Chi-Town Real Estate told me to fix my collar, so I popped it. Um, shout out 3-6 Mafia. Um, but Scott Satterfield, he, he's come into maybe the best situation as, as a Bearcats coach that any coach has ever had. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because for the first time ever, the Bearcats have some – legitimacy as a, as a college football team. You know, for, for a while there, they were thought of as a stepping stone. You know, the Brian Kelly era. era um, who's the guy that went to Michigan State? What's what's uh, D'Antonio. Yes. Right? D'Antonio, D'Antonio, Brian Kelly. It was just a stepping stone, right? No one legitimately thought UC football was a top tier program. And they're not quite there yet, but a few things happened right before Scott Satterfield took over. First off, they make the college football playoff. They're the first non-Power 5 school to make the college football playoff. Then they joined a Power 5 conference in the big 12 which gives them which gives them legitimacy and on top of that going back to what I always say about expectations they're very low with Scott Satterfield he wasn't a sexy hire he wasn't a big hire that people like man this is going to turn around the program we're going to keep we're going to keep going north after Luke Fickle left we get this big sexy hire we keep going forward they hire Scott Satterfield and all of a sudden the Bearcats are thought of like oh man oh, what's Bearcat football going to look like now joining the Big 12 with a, with a coach that was getting run out of town in Louisville? What, what's that going to look like? And he's come out, and it looked fantastic for the first two weeks. But like I said, Scott Satterfield has come into, I mean, as ideal situation as you could possibly have for UC football. Joining a big conference, have some legitimacy from the college football playoff, and here they are. The expectations are low.
1: They are low, but you know what else helps with recruiting and helps with a, a meaningful program is having guys that have success in the NFL, like it or not. That's what every kid's dream is. When you go to recruit a kid, you like to, you like to sell them on the fact they're going to have a good time in college. And you know, they're, they're, they're going to appreciate this major they're allowed taking versus that major, And what department is, is really good at your school and what department maybe is better at another school, blah, 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 blah. blah. Every single one of them. They'd be lying straight to your face if they told you otherwise. Believes somewhere in their deepest of hearts that they can make the, the National Football League. Every single Division I player. Somewhere deep down. Some believe it more than others, and some obviously are much more capable than others. Trust me, I get it. The backup linebacker for Western Michigan probably has lesser of a chance of making the NFL than Ohio State's backup linebacker. I understand it. But I'm telling you, somewhere deep down in every single kid's heart, they believe they will be the, the Jerry Rices of the world who come from a nothing school that end up being an NFL star. When you have people that have success in the NFL, a la Desmond Ritter, like it or not, he's a starting NFL quarterback, a la Sauce Gardner, arguably the best corner in the league, but quite frankly, is a star Has all the uh, the fame and glory that you have that comes with playing in New York. Was on hard knocks. All of that helps and adds up. Travis Kelsey, obviously. I don't want to miss anybody from UC football and people be banging down Trace's door saying I missed somebody. My main point to the whole thing is, is when you have Travis Kelsey, yes, that's cute and all. You have like that one guy. But when you start having multiple of them, and I know I'm missing guys, right? Pace is another one. So now I keep naming so many names. I'm getting to the point now where I feel like I'm going to leave somebody out and I'm going to get crushed for it. But I, my apologies if I don't remember anyone Pierce? else.
2: Did you say Pierce from the Colts wide receiver?
1: No, I did not. Alec Pierce. Sorry, Alec Pierce. We're going to do this for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> did he say sauce? I did say sauce, of course. Oh. Brought him up. Second point if you're listening, Elliot. But, but at the end of it, that can help with recruiting. I think ultimately UC's finding themselves in a position they've never been before. We'll see if Satterfield can, can deliver the goods. So far, it looks like he can. You know what's better than winning a press conference? Winning football games. Wes Miller's won the press conference. He's not won basketball games. Scott Satterfield did not win any press conferences. But he's winning football games. You should at least appreciate that a little bit. Wes Miller, I think, will get it back on track. Don't get it twisted. This isn't Wes Miller slander. But if you told me, if I could have one of the two... If I could have one of the two, I'm taking the person that actually wins the games on the field. Give me Jim Trestle. Might be boring as hell, but by God, he won. That was some ugly football. Some ugly football he played up there. Old Jimmy Trestle ball. Um, Three yards and a cloud of dust and punt and hold the other team to negative four yards and then get the ball back and do that five times in a row and eventually you score. Um, I guess from here, was there any takeaways that you had from the NFL as a whole as we transition from college football back to the National Football League. uh, Is there any takeaways that you have from a league perspective? Obviously, the last time I was in here, you know, me and Casey's Lions, they got a big win down there in Arrowhead.
0: Some are calling it Burrowhead. Do we want to go over the picks that we had over the the week? Yeah, let's uh, let's
1: go over the picks, and then we'll recap the game as a whole. We'll take it nice and steady and slow, and we'll, we'll give our thoughts on each of the games. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start?
0: There's You're the producer. You start somewhere. You, you choose college or NFL. NFL.
1: Oh. Let's do NFL. We can do college tomorrow if we don't get to it. All right. Let's
0: get this one out of the way.
1: All right. We've uh, beat this dead horse about as well as you can. I hate to be right. Congratulations, Trace. I hate to be right. Okay. Congratulations. I'm
0: sorry. Bengals minus two yep, and a half. So we all, we all drop 0 and 1. Trace, 1 and 0. Cow- yep.
1: Cowboys are good. I tried telling you. You know, it's, it's like it's like I tried telling you. The Cowboys are really good. They're really good.
3: They are. And if Cowboys, you don't
1: believe it, I hope
3: you believe it now. Cowboys defense is the best defense in the league. I think, that's, I think they cemented that last night. Cowboys defense is scary. And if Dak Prescott can figure it out, Dak, Casey said it earlier in the show, Dak Prescott did nothing. I mean, he did absolutely nothing in that game. They won by 40. So, yeah, Cowboys are legit. Cowboys are legit. I think there might be a sneaky uh, uh, NFC beast winner there in the Cowboys. Yeah, I felt
0: bad for my wife. She uh, has Dak Prescott on her fantasy team. Oh, 7 brutal. points. That's brutal. Not, not great. Mm. Not great for her. So, <laughs> what you get for Dak?
2: I mean, those are the, 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 the I mean, first off, that I mean, picking the Giants in that game is so freaking funny. Second off, um there's not a better bet in the world than betting an under, a 40 under 46 and a half and one team scores 40 and I mean it just was hammered. I mean, that under <laughs> hit, I mean it's a hell uh, of a win.
0: Wasn't even close. What a pick. It's a hell of a win. All right, let's move on to Dolphins versus the Chargers. Yeah, this one's
1: tough. This one's tough. I keep riding the the, uh, the Herbert train. I figured at some point they're going to fix the problem that exists out there in, in Los Angeles. They're just a good football team, man. And I don't understand why Justin Herbert gets the, 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 the short end of the stick more times than not. But the guy scores 34 points, and They lose. They lose. And shout out Tua, by the way. I was a non-believer in Tua. Yep. I'm not saying I'm a believer yet because he's, he's one non-jiu-jitsu fall away from being done and completely <laughs> out of the league. So I'm not going to sit here and put a lot of stock into, uh, into Tua. But with all due respect, Tua has at least earned my respect at this point.
3: Uh, people, people on Twitter or X.com, whatever you prefer, they love to declare Justin Herbert the greatest quarterback in the history of the, the, history of the sport. I saw a debate last night. Uh, somebody tweeted, if Justin Herbert had Ty- Tyree Kill, he'd be 17-0. and I, What are we doing? I mean, Justin Herbert continues to prove again and again that he just can't win big games. Oh, so my God! It's, it's true. the worst trick in the world. That is, no, it's not. No, it's it's true not true until it's day. not true. It's okay, true. Okay,
1: and that's where you guys lose me. No, no, that's no, no. That's where no. you lose me because your $255 million man has shown up Zero times went, when it's matter the most. A, Zero, what? Time. A, Super Zero time. Zero times. His defense bailed him out time and time and time again. Brother. Defense, Shh. defense, defense. You have to score. Uh, tell me the last time, and I'll be. I'll wait for a while. Tell me the last time Joe Burrow scored 34 points and lost. I'll wait. For what it's. I mean, for what it's worth, he
2: he, he simply said that Justin Herbert and the Chargers, time after time, don't win big games, and that. He is, said Justin
3: Herbert. He didn't say the Chargers. He said Herbert. No, Justin Herbert's unfortunately the face of the franchise. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking million. about.
2: I mean, I, I think of three games right off the rip of my head. First off, that postseason game last year. Second off, the the Raiders.
1: He scored 34 points.
2: The Raiders. I'm, listen, he, I'm not he, saying he was, here that, that the Chargers aren't good. I'm just telling you that what, what Elliot said is Justin Herbert does not win big games because he hasn't. Herbert, he has it.
0: Herbert was 23 of 33 for 228 yards and a touchdown. He also ran for one at the goal line.
3: So two touchdowns, Austin, Austin Eckler, on,
0: on the other hand, Austin Echler, he's the reason why they won that ball game. A running they're back? Run, you, can't run, run, a, you can't win in the
1: NFL with running backs, Casey. You can't win in the NFL with running backs. Do not one time this year tell me the running back was the reason a team was successful. <laughs> Don't bring it up, okay? Because I've heard time and time again, you can't win in the NFL with running backs. They're irrelevant, but go
0: ahead. Well, Austin Eckler, he's more of a pass-catching back. He he was a big reason why they won that ball game and their backup, Joshua Kelly. I mean, they're just opening holes for them all day. I mean, they they just running free against the Dolphins. And when it mattered most, Justin Herbert had the ball and he got sacked. I mean, he 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 couldn't find the guy, the open guy. So, I mean, I don't know Tua looked like the better quarterback yesterday. Just hands down. And maybe you would Argue that he's got better weapons, but Keenan Allen's a really good receiver. Mike Mike Williams is a really good receiver. And they just picked up Quentin Johnson. I mean
1: He had a quarterback he had a quarterback rating yesterday of ninety nine point one. Passer rating. Passer rating. passer rating. His quarterback me. rating quarterback, was fifty one. His quarterback rating was, was fifty one.
2: Yeah, for, for what it's worth, my takeaway from this game, I, I have three, is the first and foremost is that when Tua Tagovailoa is on the field, he is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that there's anything that can that can disagree with that at this point. I mean, when you have the third most passing yards at a week one game, and, and it just they, they have so many weapons around Tua. You know, when he was in college, he was a great quarterback. Like, all these things, Tua, when he's on the field, is a top 10 quarterback, bar none. Secondly, is that I think the AFC East is the best division in football now. I mean, I think there was a few that that could that could argue with it, but between the, the Dolphins, the Bills, um, the Patriots almost beat the Eagles despite giving up two touchdowns to start despite going down 16-0, they almost beat the Eagles yesterday. I mean that, that division's just a, a very good division. And the third thing is is I don't understand the Chargers. I don't understand Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert has the best arm in the National Football League at this very moment, and he checks down more than any guy I know. It's, it's, it, it seems like a misuse of his talent that he has a cannon for an arm, and so often than not, they're just dumping it into the flats. They're just dumping it out for three yards. It just seems like they're not using him properly. When you got that arm, use it. When you've got downfield threats like Keenan Allen, when you got downfield threats like, I mean, the, the Chargers have a lot of weapons, have a lot of weapons, and they're just not using them properly.
1: We'll see what ultimately ends up coming of the Chargers. I still believe in them, but uh, but I'll take my L on this one. But I'm not going to listen to someone tell me that the reason they lost 36-34 is because Justin Herbert wasn't good enough. That's hilarious. We'll keep it moving. I didn't say it was. Oh, what's the next game on the list? Wow. Oh, the Packers played the Bears. Uh, what happened? It's exactly what I've been trying to tell you. What happened? I've been telling you the same stuff on this damn station for a long time. Everyone wants to say toxic Trace, make fun of Trace. Justin Fields sucks. Okay. He sucks. He's a great running back. He runs all over the place. You could argue, maybe he's the best athlete in the world. And I would actually believe you, but he's not a quarterback. Okay. He's not, he's never been one. He's not going to be one. Hey,
0: I thought that good running back was going to win a ball game, but just turns out that, uh, Packers Packers are really good, man. They're, they're, they're legit. I mean, I wouldn't I think, say the
1: Packers are really good. I just think that the Bears think, and Justin Fields is not a franchise quarterback, and he's nowhere near an MVP. in the, the more you, you say that, your defense is good? the more you say, their defense is okay. Their defense is okay. Just because, just because you go out there and you wax the, 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 the low local team of, 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 of your community doesn't mean you're the state champion, okay? You're not. So I'm not going to get too overly excited about the Bears game because they're the Bears at the end of the day they're trash. They've been trash. They'll continue to be trash because they draft guys like Justin Fields with the fifth overall pick or whatever it was. And they think that, oh my God, we got a franchise quarterback. He's a fidget spinner. He's been a fidget spinner and fidget spinners are no longer useful. Once the, you know, you wear them out a little bit. And as soon as Justin Fields legs get tired, the game's over and it will continue to be that way till the end of time. All right. Uh, that was an easy win. I'm glad that I could take that win from you guys. For-
2: for, for, for what it's worth about the Bears is last week they, they scored more. Last year they had a seven-week stretch where no one scored more points in the NFL, and they went one and six. So
1: they're just a bad, they're just a bad team. Go on. I mean, I just – and you know what's the beautiful thing? I, 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 and I almost, I almost love this more than, than people saying uh, that, that I'm right. I love this more than people telling me I'm right. I love the excuse crowd. I can't wait for it. It's going to come rolling in in droves. He's got no receivers. No one can block for him. Blah, 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 blah. I hear it every year. They go out and get DJ Moore, and that's all I hear about. Oh, boy. Now wait until you see that now. DJ Moore just went to a death trap. He just went to a black hole for receivers. You want to end your career? Go play for Justin Fields. All right. We'll keep it moving. Uh, Hmm. Another win. Lions and the Chiefs. Uh, The Lions, good at football. Chiefs, without Travis Kelsey, they're not the Chiefs anymore. They're just not. They're still good, though. They're still good. And, uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to win. They lost by, uh, well, they lose by a point. And Kansas City, unfortunately, was given four and a half. So, if you bet on Kansas City, you lost. Casey, did everyone else lose? Uh...
0: What do you mean? Everyone here in this room? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Did, did anyone else in this room lost. They all. Uh, they all right. doubted the lions. Why is, the lions that? The lions. is it because the lions are the lions? Lions are the lions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lions are the not. lions. And you know who else is uh, the the. the... The Browns are the Browns. Browns I love it. The Browns. It's, it's a fun you just say the Bears are the Bears? Go ahead. And, and the Bears are the Bears. I mean, oh, we're just we're just,
2: We're just circling around. We're just running those Round tires. And around we go. Running around, Tracer. I mean, right before the Bears, he's talking about how how Justin Herbert, when was the last time Joe Burrow scored 30 points and lost the game, and that's what Justin Fields did all last year. I mean, we're just running nope, a circle. That's brother. a
1: wrong statement. In fact, I know that statement off the top of my head because I looked it up. Uh, the Browns, they or the Browns, excuse me, just really fast to go back and to prove his point is absolutely blasphemy. Uh, everyone's talk about Justin Fields and how he scores 30 points. He scored more than 30 points three times last year. He scored 29 points one time in every single one of the games that they scored 30 points in. He threw for less than 175 yards passing every single time. That the Bears have scored more than 30 points. So many times that all these people want to tell you about, about Justin Fields. He threw for over 175 yards zero times as a quarterback in the NFL. I keep it moving.
0: All right, let's move on to college football. We'll start with uh, UCU with a big win.
1: Nice. I was wrong about that. Trace doesn't know college football. There we go. Love that. There we go. Good
0: for for Cincinnati. Pitt will always Pitt. And uh, this one, this one's a, a big one because Elliott changed his pick midway Ooh. through all of us picking. And I was so wrong about look this. Look at that. I mean, I, I was really surprised about this game. Alabama looks bad, like bad, bad. I don't know if they're going to win. Uh, I don't know if they're they, – they might lose a couple more games, to be honest with you. Their quarterback, I don't know what his name is, but he looked lost out there. I don't know if you guys watch that game or not. but
3: Unfortunately, I'm unable to watch any game on ESPN because of Spectrum. Ooh, I'm not going to yeah. shout out Spectrum. But, again, I can't watch the game tonight. I can't watch any game on ESPN uh, for further notice. Until All right. Further
1: notice. I'll help fix that. I'll give you a login. Um, and for those that have Spectrum, I would just tell you that you have other options. No free ads, but you have other options.
3: No free ads, but Spectrum. I mean, I'm going to protest outside your headquarters in about two weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, we got we to fix something here. You got to pay Mickey Mouse or Mickey You got to go – or maybe you know kidnap Mickey Mouse. Someone <laughs> needs to go find Mickey Mouse and go talk to him about this situation because if I can't watch football on Saturdays anymore, I'm going to stop paying your stupid service. I'm not watching Reno 911 or whatever the hell you're, you're putting on your channels. I don't, I, I don't care about the uh, Dance Moms on, on, on USA Today. Reruns of uh, the, the, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, the You're Shawshank down down. Redemption. I don't want to watch that. you are the Millers. We're the Millers. Endless reruns. Your cable sucks. <laughs> Your news really sucks. You ever watch Spectrum News? I mean, that's almost a skit. It's almost a skit how bad that is. They get some, like, these college rejects. They send them out to places, give them, like, a, a, low, a low-grade camera, and they're like, yeah, let's go report on something. I mean, it's I, again, this is no disrespect, but the weather guy makes me laugh. I mean, he's so bad at his job. Sorry. Spectrum, no free ads. They're the worst of all time.
0: All right, let's keep it moving. Yeah, please. Let's keep it moving. What we got next? Texas A&M versus Miami. Ooh. This was uh, su- shocking, in my opinion. Well,
1: shocking to some. Um,
3: 3-0, LA so far.
1: Does Texas AM and m like, have they, <laughs> have they been the most disappointing college football program in the last, like, 10 years? The amount, the amount of money they put into that program. Yeah, I mean, they're up there. I mean, there. honestly, they, they're they getting – those boosters have to be pretty pissed on their ROI, right?
3: I'm, I'm trying to think of another one, but I can't think of one. I think Texas A&M, I mean – Ohio State's close. Ohio eh, – well, No. Playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, No. Michigan I maybe maybe, sure. maybe maybe Michigan maybe Michigan 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 uh, Michigan's worse Michigan's been in the playoffs twice Yeah it's fair They beat
1: Ohio State two times that's 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 doing pretty good I guess you could say Zimbo Fisher Auburn? beat Auburn
3: what about Auburn No Auburn's no Auburn was good for a while uh, Yeah I guess Texas A&M But you got to realize Texas
1: A&M the reason I bring this up is cuz they've spent so much money it's not just like that it's not just that they're supposed to be good like you know you could argue that Notre Dame is 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 one of those programs that maybe I would even say Notre, Notre Dame's been very relevant. I don't know. I'm trying yeah, to maybe, make a, the po- maybe Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska's is a team that you could argue. Maybe <laughs> the I don't Korn know.
2: Oscars. The Corn Huskers the <laughs> are are literally a, a sitcom. Like that is that is. I, I've never been more convinced that college football is scripted after watching Cornhusker football because you cannot be that bad unless you're trying to be that bad. I mean, what what are they doing? I mean, what is going on over over in Nebraska? It's very
3: unserious, and it's very sad because (laughs) I think Tracy Tracy Johnson said it the other day. There's just nothing to do in Nebraska. These people get up in the fall, and they're like, all right, in one week from now, we're going to play another college football game, Nebraska, and they lose time and time again. It's just sad. I mean, that game was so funny. I mean, legitimately
2: so funny. When they're just trying to hand the ball off and a fumble (laughs) happens. It's It's terrible. A a power five, former powerhouse in college football can't hand the ball off. What is that? I mean, that's that's a joke. That is a sitcom.
1: Well, you got the high flying, the big time. Coach Prime coming into Colorado. Haven't won, you said, a football game in what has been basically 20 years. And sure enough, they knock off the powerhouse to be that is Nebraska. I thought you were now – I thought Nebraska had me fooled. I thought they were Brack. I thought that for sure Coach Prime was going to get a little taste of his own medicine, and that's just not what happened. So you know what? At this point, I'm going to sit it out. I'm going to sit it out. You're not going to hear me say that Colorado is not legit anymore. I'm not going to be a hater. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and I'm going to say, you know what? I might root for Coach Prime at this point. I know he's probably going to have a a humbling situation happen at some point in one of these college football games because it's just hard for me to believe that they're this good this fast. But I tell you what, maybe when you bring your own luggage, there might be something to that. There might be something to that. Let, can we talk about Colorado for just a second? I mean, congratulations to all, all, all of you guys except for me and Reed. Uh, I, got,
0: but,
3: I, got one I was 4-0, by the way. I'm 4-0 well, so we 4-0. We
0: got one more game. All right, time. go ahead. We'll, we'll do the last game. I want to get back to Colorado. One last game. It's not really a big game, but I just Ooh. remember uh, I wanted to change from Tulane to Old Miss, but I was too lazy. That 5-0. one backfired.
1: Yeah, it didn't work no. out for me with Tulane. I thought that the green wave were going to be something better than they were. Did
0: so, Ole Miss,
2: I literally did not watch that game. They covered.
1: Well,
0: Dude, do we want to go over the records really quickly before going into Colorado? Well,
1: I didn't see. Actually, to be to be fair, to be to be Ole fair, five and zero. Ole Miss smacked Tulane, correct? Yes.
0: Thirty-seven
3: yeah. twenty. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing with Colorado. Elliot we went five
1: and
0: zero. So, I, I, so hey, if, whoa, if no one whoa, whoa, whoa. knows, hold on, hold on. So um, here's the standings right now. Trace, you didn't you didn't bet last time, or you weren't picking last time. Yeah. So you went five and five for the week. Okay. Reed, you went six and eleven. Well, you're you went you went three and seven. Mm. You're six and eleven now. Mm. Elliot went six and four, ten and seven now. I went five and five, went nine and eight. Tom went four and six, six and eleven now.
3: So you're saying Elliot's the best?
0: Elliot is currently in mm. first at ten and seven. I'm in second at nine and eight.
3: Don't let me get hot.
0: Sure enough, Elliott's going to let us know that he's winning.
1: And that's fine. I like that out of him. I like that out of him. And we um, said the loser
3: gets fired, right? Loser,
1: loser gets fired. Um, maybe, maybe, that's maybe the what chat will That's what you said. Here's the thing, though. Let's talk about Colorado for just a second, okay? Because I was in this camp that Colorado can't be all that good. There's no way they can be that good. Can we at least level a little bit here and say that Sharder Sanders might just be the best player in college football? And if it's not him, it might be Travis Hunter. I I know that sounds outlandish. I know that seems crazy. But I'm going to throw out another hypothetical. And I know you can't do this. And hypotheticals are, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a jolly good time, as they say. But if Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, as he'd like to be called, went to Florida State. Now, Florida State's doing unbelievable under Mike Norvell, I think is his name. So I don't want to downplay what Florida State is. But if you took the talent pool that is Florida State and you add in Sanders and you add in, obviously, Hunter, who was going there already, like, they might be the national champion. And I'm not suggesting that Colorado can't get to that because maybe they can. But at what point do we start giving the coach's son like some real credit around here? This isn't daddy ball. This isn't daddy ball. This dude's just... Better than most quarterbacks that I've seen. Now, is it a flash in the pan? Maybe. Am I overreacting? Possibly. But I actually think this kid might be the best quarterback outside of outside of I guess Caleb Williams in the entire country. Have you seen him play a muff? I mean I don't throw am throwing you guys on the spot. Have you really got a chance to watch him play a lot? Or no? No. no.
3: He's got the seventh best odds to uh I guess sixth best odds to, to win the Heisman. So yeah, I, I can't add too much on him. Again, I think uh, I, I think Colorado is very good, but I, I think they're going to come back down to earth at some point. I think I think this swagger, I think this hot streak they're on, I think it'll be it'll be it'll be calmed down here soon. But like you said, Sanders is very good, Hunter's very good, Heisman Heisman front runners. So shout out Dion. Dion gets it.
1: I just don't know if I just don't know if I should buy the hype or not. I guess I am. Some people in the chat are screaming and yelling at me telling me to calm down. It's only been two games. It's more fun to buy the hype. It definitely hype. seems like it. I just don't understand how how you could possibly watch that and say okay, like there's not some real merit here. This isn't luck. These guys might just be actually pretty decent. Coach Prime might be onto something. It's almost weird that the guy that played in the NFL at an elite level knows something about football. It's almost like working the food chain up the food chain, up the corporate ladder for a really long time, produces results like Butch Jones. And guys that have been elite their whole life, like Deion Sanders, just so happens to be really good at being a head coach too. Well, I don't know.
0: If you look at his schedule here, he plays Colorado State this week. Nah. When he plays Oregon, who's ranked 13th. USC, who ranks fifth. UCLA, a couple weeks later, ranked 24th. Right now, Oregon State, 16. Washington State, 23rd. Utah, 12. He's gonna have his opportunities to really prove it. Um, I'm gonna hold out saying that this team is well. How do we how are we defining legit like a college playoff contender? Because I don't think he's that yet. But I mean, if he beats Oregon and USC. And then Utah, I mean, there's, there's a legit chance. Like, they sneak in there, make some noise.
1: I don't think they're that good, Casey, but I mean, I, I guess I'm not going to argue it. I'm, to Elliot's point, I'm not going to put my life on it. I'm not going to put my job on it. I, I, I genuinely don't know what to believe anymore with Colorado. I thought it was like this funny little bit that we were doing here. Like, oh, this is all cute and well. They're going to go to TCU, get a little bit of humble pie. Then we'll see how that whole Coach Prime situation works itself out. Because let's be honest, he's he's got a little Brandon Phillips in him. He's got a little Ocho Cinco in him where there's some flamboyancy there. There's some belief system there. And that's all fun, right? Like that's a great atmosphere to be around. That's actually the best atmosphere to be around if you're winning. If you're getting your brains beat in every week, the last thing you want to have a guy around being like is Deion Sanders, if we're being honest. Now, Dion, to be fair to him, he might change who he kind of is. He might not be as flamboyant if they're getting their, if their butts kicked. He might not be that guy that comes in the press conferences and just starts calling out Big J journalists after Big J journalists. Right now, that's all fun and well because he can because they're winning. But I'll be curious to see if that act stays the
3: same if they don't continue to win. And their schedule is brutal, by the way. I mean, I, I, I was looking at it. I mean, even beating, beating TCU, TCU was ranked. Uh, not that that really matters anymore in college football, but whatever. They play Colorado State. They don't count. Their program's are relevant. Then they play 13, Oregon, in Oregon. They play number five, USC. Then they take on Arizona State, St- Stanford, number 24, UCLA, number 16, Oregon State. They take Arizona at home, number 23, Washington State, and number 12, Utah. I mean, that is a gauntlet. If they I mean they're not going to win out, but if they were to win out, they would be the undisputed number 1 and they would probably be favored to win the national championship game.
0: They will have played 5 top 25 teams away at that point. If if they stay the same rank, which bound to change here and there. Um but yeah, I mean that that is a gauntlet. It, it, that is brutal. And if he was able to like I said, succeed in that in this schedule I mean, there's no there's no uh I would I would think that they would be right there in the mix for the playoff conversation, in my opinion. I mean, there's not re- – the problem with the, – the, the reason why I'm saying that, too, is because the top five has been very, like, not solidified at all. Like, there's just a lot of movement going on. Yep. And so there's, like, an opportunity for them if they were to just win every ball game here. I mean, most teams, when they win every ball game at a power five, they make number four or whatever. Right. But I think it'd be without. Uh, if they went out.
3: They'd be
1: dead. If Deion yeah, Sanders went they out, would, they're in, man.
0: Yeah, they would 100 percent They're
1: there. in, and that's one of the good news is, is that if you are a uh, if you are a coach like the uh, like the style of Deion Sanders, you're going to get attention. You're going to get national attention because you create eyeballs. Eyeballs create uh, it. Basically, creates money. If you create money, usually they keep coming back for it. And Deion Sanders is a guy that, quite frankly, if he has any chance to be in the college football playoff, as, as Elliot has pointed out before, maybe the worst thing about college football is the committee. And, oh, it's Kirk figure Street. out who, Kirk Kirk Street, to be reminded, has never been on the committee. However, um, <laughs> I like that bit. We should keep doing it. We'll continue to do it. But here's the thing. If Deion, if Deion Sanders, Colorado, Buffalo, I think is what they're called, I've hardly ever even said their name in full. Uh, the Colorado Buffalo are anywhere near the playoffs and there's someone else suspect to get in the playoffs, guess who's getting the call? It's going to be coach prime. And that's just because the TV ratings are going to be through the roof with coach prime and like it or not, you know, I know some people in the chat are saying, Oh, you know, how many, how much love are you going to give to coach prime? Listen, here's my thought with it. I actually think if you listen to, 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 Deion Sanders in interviews, and I've been wrong before about this, but I actually think some of it's a little bit of an act in a bit because he knows that's the way that he kind of needs to be in order to stick out. And it's worked most of his career. It's worked most of his life. I when when right. he gets, when he gets into interviews, Deion Sanders is a pretty insightful, smart person. In fact, for those that probably think that, you know, oh, the way he accessed that and the other way, the guy doesn't cuss better. He's a better man than I, and I'm not saying just because you don't cuss makes you a better person than others. But in general terms, the guy like has, and again, don't want to put him too high on a pedestal here, but there's some moral standards there that are to be better to be pers- like revered, I guess is the term I'm looking for. Like there's something good to take away from what Deion Sanders has done. If you want to get caught up in the sauce of what he looks like and what he puts on and the persona that he wears, that's fine. But I think deep down Deion Sanders, uh, I'd love to have him as my coach if I had a program. Because I think he walks the walk, man. I think he truly loves his kids, and I think that's going to wear—that's going to bear its uh, case out. And I think it ultimately, at the end of it all, he knows something about football. Guy's not just an idiot. So I think he's going to be one of the next big-time head coaches in college football.
3: What were your thoughts on Colorado fans storming the field against unranked, unwin or uh, winless Nebraska?
1: When you've <laughs> only won. Yeah, they've two or three games in 20 years at your home field <laughs> brother you live your life man you do what you want <laughs> I don't get caught up in all that I know that people some people do like oh you storm act like you've been there before well if you've never been there before <laughs> what's the point of acting like it enjoy it man smile a little bit you don't always have to put on a show in fact that's like the one thing if I could go back in sports culture I could change or I could think about it it'd be like have some more fun enjoy it it's an outlet you know like you hit a home run, you put your back down, you act like you've been here before. You put your head down and you run as fast as you can around the bases. I don't know. I didn't hit many home runs. I kind of wish when I had hit the five that I hit that I would have just walked around them because I, I could have enjoyed it longer. I, I, you know, it's like I don't get caught up in this whole notion that you should act a certain way in certain situations just because you want to appear different than what you really are. Now, I also understand why Nick Saban probably isn't all that pleased over a certain win over a certain team because they've, they have done it before and he's experienced that joy before where it just doesn't naturally do it for him to be able to get excited. Colorado, come on. Let's not act like you're not who you've been for a long time. Go
3: storm the field. I agree. I agree. The thing about unwritten rules is that they're not written down, so why would you follow them? They're just not written. That's a they're great nowhere. Bomb. So don't follow them. Love that.
2: Is Colorado's mascot grammatically incorrect?
3: Are they the buffaloes or
2: the? They're, buffa- the, they're the buffaloes. Mm. And is it plural of buffalo? Buffalo.
3: Not gonna lie, I don't know that answer, and I wish I didn't. So, so that's,
2: let's. Hey, Trace. What's up? Um, ad reads.
3: We should do them. Yeah, let's do them. <laughs> who, let's, who wants to let's, do let's, them? Casey's got them. Let's go, Casey. All right.
0: The Bengals report is bom, brought bom. to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to prove efficiency
3: and... Productivity! productivity. Great job, guys. Productivity.
0: productivity! Productivity.
3: Productivity. Productivity. Visit
0: Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And let me tell you, about this wonderful, delicious alkaline water. Pawnee Water, built right here in Hamilton, Ohio. It uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. All the other brands. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. You can visit pawneewater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com where you can buy this great-tasting water, and it's great.
2: It is great. It's the natural limestone filtration for me. That's
0: exactly what it is, Reed. The natural
1: limestone filtration right out of Hamilton, Ohio. Okay, here's the deal. We went over today a little bit. It is 12.06 on your lovely Monday morning, which is not morning anymore because they call this afternoon. Why? Because it's afternoon, which is 12 o'clock, which is what time the show is supposed to go off. I told you once, I'll tell you a thousand times. We're trying to get better. We're trying to make this show more fun. we got some more segments along the way. Monday's going to be a little tough to get into those segments. Why? Because there's a lot of stuff that happens over the three-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I hate to miss the fact that today we didn't get a chance to go through our high school football picks. We'll probably get a chance to do that tomorrow and or Wednesday. we got some other stuff. we got some mailbags. we got some uh, – I don't want to get too far into the weeds of what we got. But I hope you will continue to join us. Why? Because we do this show – Monday through Friday, from 10 to 12, which means we'll be back tomorrow better than ever, 10 a.m. on Tuesday. We'll see you then.